What's going on everybody? John out here with you. It's the most exciting words in all the sports. Game 7. Cooper Hopkins is going to be joining me here for the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. So let's get into the lineups here first. For Dave Hextall's squad, it's Manny Beneers, Ty Cartier with Jordan Eberle. Vince Dunn and Adam Larson will be the first pairing on defense. Alex Wember, Jaden Schwartz, Jared McCann with Jamie Alexiak and Will Borgen. Yanni Gord, Ellie Tolvanen, and Oliver Bjorkstrand with Ryan Donato, Brandon Tanev, and Morgan Geeky. It's Carson Soucy and Justin Schultz on the back end defense with Philip Grubauer in net. And for the Dallas Stars, it sounds like this. Rope Hintz, Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski with Ryan Suter and Miro Haskinen. Max Domi, Mason Marchman, Tyler Sagan with Essel Lindell and Yanni Hockenpah. Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Benigani Dodonov with Thomas Harley and Joel Hanley. Jake Ottinger will be in net for Peter DeBoer's squad. So it really is this simple when we come down to it on the brass tacks to Game 7 at home are the Dallas Stars. We know what happened a little bit in Game 6. Jake Ottinger gave up four goals. He did not look like his usual self, but it does not take much to wake up Jake Ottinger. It's funny, before we went to commercial break on the ESPN side, they were showing the game against the Calgary Flames last year. I ended up calling that. I know Cooper Hopkins had to go to a wedding reception at that time. But it was uh, Johnny Gaudreau with the game winner against Ottinger after he had the 64 save performance. Are we going to see some of the same there for Jake? I think it's definitely capable. And on the other end for Seattle, if you haven't believed by now, well then shame on you on that side because they've been doing nothing but silencing the doubters the whole way through. So we'll just get through the quick little series recap before we get into the puck drop. Seattle won the first game 5-4. to four. It was six goals scored in the first period. This was the Joe Pavelski game. Where he ended up getting four. Seattle took a 4-2 lead with three goals in between 14-28 and 15-20. Pavelski went insane. And then Yanni Gord got a chance with 12-17 in OT. And Seattle took a 1-0 series lead. Both goalies didn't do that well in game one. Grubauer 31 out of 35. Ottinger 39 out of 44. Dallas responded in a big way. Ended up covering that game solo. 4-2 in game two. After nothing in the first period, it was Wyatt Johnson, Evgeny Dodonov, Joe Pavelski. All scoring to put Dallas on the board first. Ty Cartier and Jordan Eberle scored a goal in the third. After a Haskin and stick break, Eberle drove the net off the backhand, got a goal. But was that going to be the trend? That's what I wrote in game two. Ottinger had 25 saves, Gruber had 33 saves. But Seattle, they like the buck trends. They won game three, seven to two. Twelve different players secured at least a point for the Kraken. Scoreless after the first period of play, Seattle then landed five in the second period and secured a dominating victory. And now without Haskinen, and that was only for the game after taking a puck to the face, what was going to happen with the Stars? Sprung also exited for the Kraken. Daniel Sprung is yet to return. In Game 4, we saw the return of Haskinen. He was in a full cage mask. And on the other side, Jared McCann. For his first action since the Game 5 kill, McCarr hit in Game 4. Daniel Sprung, as we said, was out. Dallas won that game 6-3 to in Game 4. They raced out to a 4 nothing lead. Max Domi was sensational. He had two goals and an assist. Ben, Hintz, Harley, and Pavelski all scored. Ottinger didn't have to be brilliant because Dallas really locked down. He stopped 17 out of 20. Jaden Short scored a pair for Seattle. Larson had a goal as well as Grubar stopped 17 of 22. He got pulled as Jones made a pair of stops in relief in the third period. 
But as we go to game five, Dallas won five to two. Again, they raced out to a huge lead and they closed off Seattle chances. And just on Saturday in game six, Seattle once again responded six to three. That was during my Waterford Sharks assignment. I was listening to that one and the way in the car. It was a six to three. It was limited shot opportunities, 28-24 on the shot board. Seattle won that game six to three. They limited chances and they chased Andrew who gave up four. So we will see what happens here in Game 7. It's going to be about 3 minutes and 35 seconds to the puck trap. So I was giving you the starting lineups and a little bit of recap. Again, Cooper Hopkins is going to be joining me here. We're at American Airlines Center. And whoever wins this one between the Kraken and the Stars will play the Vegas Golden Knights. The way the NHL schedule works on that side, everything else is kept hush-hush on the side of times and dates, but what we do know is the conference finals will begin on Wednesday. It's probably going to start with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. That'll be a game-time decision for me. Maybe your basketball assignment on that side, but I do want to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That might be with Alec Nava. And then Thursday, whether it's Seattle or Dallas, they'll be playing the Vegas Golden Knights. That one will probably be all over on that side for Game 1. So as we wait about 2 minutes and 45 more seconds, I'm going to take a quick little break, and then I will get you back here for the first period puck drop. Stay tuned. Well, John, here we are once again. Uh, we are about to dive into some drama, that's for sure. And we uh, we thought we had our fair share of it when the Seattle Kraken uh, got their historic first Game 7 win versus the uh, now former Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. But tonight, John, they have a big task at hand, potentially one, and I didn't think either of us would be able to say this with a straight face, but this might be even big, a, a bigger challenge than what they faced against the Avs a round ago. They're here in Dallas. They're in the Lone Star State tonight, John. They're in their road whites, the Seattle Kraken are. But you know what? I think that the Kraken have what it takes. Uh, I think there are a lot of folks out there, John, that are expecting the Stars to finish things off. But uh, I'm saying watch out for the upset tonight. These Seattle Kraken are, uh, as we've said in our previous broadcasts, are not to be pushed around. No, they're not. I know Grayson usually joins us on the YouTube side. He is here. He says he's got under six goals tonight for Game 7. Do you think that sounds pretty good? We're going to get a lower scoring tilt? Yeah, I actually do agree with that. I think that uh, I think we're going to see something along the lines of a 3-1 here. I think it may be uh, a bit of a chess match in the first period. Uh, we've seen the Kraken come out that way. We know they have a strong forecheck, and we know the production they get up and down their lineup. Uh, I think Joe Pa cannot be denied. I think he's going to extend his record-breaking for the Dallas Stars franchise eight goals in one playoff series. He's going to make that nine. So look for the Dallas uh, Stars to get scoring from the ageless wonder in Pavelski. But I think we're going to see uh, your boy from the maize and blue Michigan man, Veneers, take care of business and uh, watch for some final uh, shots getting into the net late in this game. So it's going to be a tight one, John, and we are underway. Go ahead and hit us with that classic play-by-play, -play and let's see how things get started here in Dallas. So Seattle's going to flip this one, and they're in the road whites with the black pad centered out in front, immediately shot wide for Winberg. So Seattle was already on the front third as Colin Miller will try to get this one, and is taken down as one of the Seattle Kraken. I think that was Winberg still trying to get stuff done, and now it was Vince done as this will go back here for Essel and Dell. And Dallas, here's a quick chance for a two-on-one long wrist shot, and this one will fall right back. 
Dunn is just going to try to escape this one and get this out. So this is a very good start between these two teams. It's already been dangerous as it's flipped in across the red line now. We know going into game six that Ottinger was pulled after giving up four goals. But ESPN, they noted the anniversary one year ago today, Cooper, was the Johnny Gaudreau game winner in game seven when Ottinger had his breakout. He had 62 saves and a loss. Yep, that's right. It's uh, something that you and I both remember quite well. And uh, boy, John, you did a great job at uh, really conveying the action to us right there in these opening seconds. And man, oh man, did the Kraken have a shot at Ottinger going to that stick side. And that thing goes just wide of the post. I'm seeing the replays now. Not sure if Ottinger got a piece of it, but uh, Grubauer was called into action right away. And so we're only a minute and one second in, and each goalie's had to stay focused. Yes, they have, as Ole Tolvanen could win the draw. Now, Meryl Haskin, and again, he's going to get this one off the backhand drive to the net. And that one was just brushed aside. Ropa Hintz has been a machine in this series, and he almost had a one-on-one -on -one against Grubauer. He's got 18 points in the playoffs on that side. As this is flipped back in, again, he's still playing hockey. Connor McDavid is not, and Cooper Hopkins and I will definitely have a lot to talk about in the first intermission. i got a lot of stuff to talk about, go over. We'll have some questions. I'll definitely keep Cooper on his toes. As this is sent back around now off the backhand, and Will Borgen will take a look at it as Seattle. They had trouble with this in their own end, and this will get picked up now across the red line. Domi will try to brush this out in front of a backhand, and now Tyler Sagan will spin this near the left side of the red line. Seattle not looking too good right now in their own end, at least, as this is sent back here for Jordan Eberle. This bounces off the stick, but this will not be iced. Esselindel will throw it to the defensive partner now, and Miller, as this is sent back down again in Game 6 and Game 5, he had Harley and Hanley on the second line, and they were really good, so we'll see what they'll be now. But Ayers drive to the net, and that was a brilliant stop by Ottinger. Wow, John, this is big stuff by number 10 right there. He shovels that thing out in front of the backhand, and I think, was it uh, Ty Cartier who had a, a doorstep opportunity just a couple of feet outside the blue paint, and he's denied. That is probably, I, I would say, the best chance of this game but John I had to scan through my brain there already have been a number yes. of great chances for both teams we're getting the slow-mo replays again here the highlights package of this thing is already starting to fill up yeah I was feeling like again I agree with Grayson and you on the over under and six but this is starting to push the other way very early Luke Lundenning former Red Wing has it in behind the net now with Carson Soucy and Yul Kiravanta as Kiravanta is getting worked over by Donato. This puck is just stuck. There's just a couple forearm shoves. They're really letting Donato and Kiravanta throw these cross checks as Kiravanta is going to find it now with the stick blade and Donato will flip it out of the left side glass as Seattle will look to acquiesce again here right to left in this first period, but it's turned over. This is sent back in deep, and Carson Soucy will have to wrap this around the end boards. 17 minutes left to go here in this first. There's already been a handful of chances between both teams. Shot from 80 feet will be played by Jake Ottinger and throw this one back to Miro Haskinen. Again, I didn't notice Haskinen with the mask, but again, we'll have to take a look at it as this is flipped back around near the right side of the red line, and there's Jared McCann. He was in the right spot to clear that one out. As Seattle will get this off of a chip and chase near the left side of the glass. It's Jaden Shorts getting punished by Haskinen. And now Wyatt Johnson, the 19-year-old, he's off the trail there with Jamie Ben. Ben's going to enter, drop it here for Johnson. Here's a beautiful pass. And toward the right side, chance and fan on the one tee. But this stays with Dallas. Haskinen, Ripper, where's the puck? It went out of play, I believe. 
Wow, Johnny. Yeah, I'm getting to look at this right here. And as is the case sometimes with our broadcast, I am just about three seconds behind you on the video side. But that was a laser beam from Heiskanen. Uh, I think he is still wearing that mask after going down earlier in the series. You see right there why he is so valuable to the Dallas Stars, not only with the defensive prowess, but fires a shot right on right there. And yeah, you said it a couple of shifts ago, Seattle Kraken having a little bit of trouble in their own end. And boy, John, that thing was wired. Goes through the legs of Wenberg. That was dead center in the goal. It just happened to be about two inches high, rings off the bar, and up into the net. Wow, this is an incredible start here for Game 7. I'm just glad to have you along no matter what happens as this is picked up now near the right side dot. And now Dallas will push this the other way. It's a three-on-two, but there is a trailer coming back there for Schultz. And this pass goes a little bit too far for Mason Marchment, trying to get this back for Essel and Dell. But it's intercepted by Oliver Bjorkstrand as this goes across the Embrazen Big D. Here's a fake slap shot. Now a drive toward the right side post, but Seattle turns it over. And Colin Miller try to flip this near the right side of the glass as it's still contested. And here's a chip. Bjorkstrand can't find it, but here's a long flip again here for Domi. He'll spin, keep it alive as he made a play from his knees. And now Seattle gets stuck in their own end again as this is sent back around for Larson. He'll backhand this, but it's not out. And now Seattle will just calmly chip this. And across the red line now, well, this will be back here for Suter. Here's a cross pass and recollected by Jordan Eberle. Great move in transition as Matty Beneers will drop it. And now Seattle will be able to stay onside alongside of Cartier. Beneers' pass gets deflected, but he stays with the puck near the right side wall. As Carson Soucy will spin, he lost it. And now Robertson will collect off the backhand as this fine Schultz will just rattle it around the kick plate as we're down to 15 minutes left to go on this first. It's game seven, and whoever wins this one is going to be playing the Vegas Golden Knights. We could have two expansion teams playing each other, or Dallas, you know, that they've been favored over the last couple rounds. That could be a great series, too, whatever we get. As Haskin and off the drop pass, it's a good interception by Seattle, but Ryan Suter keeps this in at the left side blue line. Here's a chip by Eberle. But Haskinen will find it. Robertson taking a look at it. Off the backhand, centered out in front. This goes off a diving body here for Seattle. As this is picked up now by the Kraken, but it's turned over by Beneers into the neutral zone. Robertson just trying to get around the bodies. He's weaving his way through the traffic. And now Harley will take his time. He'll gain the entry and across the red line off of a pass. But I believe this is going to be iced, actually. That was pretty close. 14-15, love to go on the first. Well, John, well, I have to immediately correct myself. My uh, expectation was we'd see a bit of a chess match, but uh, I guess the only way I could say it's a chess match if each of these two teams are, are using M80 firecrackers <laughs> on the chessboard instead of chess pieces. Uh, yeah, forget your rook. They're just going to light a firecracker and throw it at you. Uh, you know, checkmate. So <laughs> the interesting thing here is we're uh, now just about – five minutes and 45 seconds into the first there have actually only been a couple uh, make that three official shots uh, at least that's what ESPN is displaying two for the Kraken one for Dallas but man the stars are really moving their skates they're, they're moving with speed let's keep an eye on that as we get this, uh, further into this first there's a slap shot that goes off the window as Dallas is desperate to try to keep this in first sighting here for Turbo as he makes a great pass into the neutral zone Geeky gonna try to let this go here's a cross pass and this will go back to Donato. Here's the bomb. And this goes off the left side of the wall. As Geeky will try to find it now alongside Donato. They're just prying this with the stick check. And Harley will take a look now as this is picked up by Dallas. They'll flip this into their own end. 
as Larson will try to finish it off. We've got one of the Dallas players partially on the top of a headlock of Jill Kiravanta, but this will be recollected by Tolvanen and off the left side pad of Jake Ottinger as this is spun back around now for Vince Dunn. Former St. Louis Blues got it now. He's trying to get around Luke Glendening as this goes back around the horn. It's intercepted now by Dallas, but recollected by Seattle, then across the neutral zone. It's Oliver Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand is going to rock the uh, skate a little bit as he fires a wrist shot, but it gets blocked off of Dallas player and then sent back down the ice. Nice work toward the right side wall, trying to keep this alive, as Seattle will, can't get this out again. This is in behind the net now. Dallas, they're dangerous. Here's the cross pass and a bomb for Miller. And then the traffic, big rebound. Grubauer makes the first save. Where is it? It's not across the line. And the ref blows it dead. And now we get pushing and shoving. Oh, my John. Every fan in Dallas on their feet. That's a lot of green right there. But you know what? There was also a lot of green in and around the crease. I can't believe that thing didn't go in. Grubauer looks to be the playoff Grubauer that we have come to know and love. He's had a couple of moments where he's faltered, but man, John, he has been locked in early, and I think we are going to get a penalty here. Looks like we're going to get a cross-check, and it's Eli Tolvanen sitting in the box for the Kraken. Man advantage, the first of the night, coming up for the Stars. Big stuff here. Cooper, Tolvanen just saved a goal. Did you see that puck hop over Grubauer's back? Jimmy Ben had an open net to shoot at. He was forced to cross-check him. Uh, you're absolutely right. I'm seeing the replay that you are now, too. And Tolvanen was there with the cross-check. I also believe that Schwartz was in, sliding toward the twine, and uh, kept that out with his backhand. So a group effort, how classic for the Kraken to use a full team effort there to keep the puck out of the net. But boy, oh boy, Dallas really pressing here. And uh, this is a good time if you're a Kraken fan, and especially if you're a player, to have the first media timeout here as we hit the commercials. They need to take a deep breath. They were inches away from going down one zip. I know we're only eight minutes into this first period, but this Game 7 so far, again, I understand what Game 7s can bring. Sometimes it gets you the complete other way between the Rangers and the Devils, but this has exceeded even my wildest of expectations so far. Yeah, likewise, my friend, and I just want to make a correction on my previous comment that was actually uh, Adam Larson, defender for the Kraken, who was in the crease there, so he was right in the spot he was supposed to be. Uh, Schwartz was out on that shift as well. I happened to see the number 17, and that name stuck in my brain, but man, oh man, John, there's plenty to talk about, not only around the league, but uh, now... The, uh, the cups are starting to overflow here, and we are just <laughs> barely into this thing. Uh, it looks like we're in for a, quite a ride here in this Game 7. Yeah, no matter what we get again in the Western Conference Final, we're going to be as neutral as we can be as far as this call is going to be concerned. But Vegas will be waiting here for Seattle and Dallas. And Carolina, Florida, I think, is going to give us a lot of intrigue as well. It might not have been the same teams that we're used to maybe thinking about, but holy cow, these playoffs have been so good. As we're back underneath the action now, it's Haskinen from Robertson. It's a power play. Hence, Pavelski, this one gets blocked from a diving body for Seattle. And now Hintz has it here for Pavelski. He'll send this near the left side down. It's Rope Hintz. And the high slot is Haskinen. Hintz, he fakes the wrist shot as it goes back to Robo now. Haskinen back to Rope Hintz. Here comes the ball for Haskinen. And that's a great shot blocked by Schultz. As Tanev 
Can't get it out, though. Haskinen will use the glass as Robertson picks it up near the right side of the dot. It's Jamie Benn and behind the office of Grubauer. Back to Robertson, and now Haskinen near the right side blue line, just able to stay onside. Here's Robo. He's going to work his way through the high slot, drop it back here for Haskinen, let it go off the wrist shot. This goes off the kick plate, sent back here for Haskinen. 105 left to go about there in the Dallas power play. They've been all over this thing as it's Robertson. Now for Haskinen and the high slot again. He looks to shoot the wrist shot. This goes off the right side of the window. Picked up now by Haskinen one more time as Robertson will give it to him. Here comes the bomb for Babelski. This goes all the way around the horn, but Rope Hints is the first to get to it. Seattle just trying to hold on here in this box as this is picked up now for Robertson. Now Haskinen, same thing in the high slot. Here's Robo. He'll let it go. He was going for a five-hole chance. This goes off the left side of the boards. Haskinen one more time for Robo. Back to Miro. Now Rope hits into the traffic. Another block. But Seattle still can't get it out. Dallas has had this in for the whole time. Haskinen with a ripper. This gets blocked again. As this is sent back here for Ben. Now toward the right side red line. It's Haskinen. Now Robertson in the middle of the slot. Blocked for a third time. That was Tanev. As it's picked up now for Rope Hints. Now Joe Pavelski trying to make a play from his knees. As Dallas's power play down to five seconds. Here's Rope Hints. And to the short side chance, Larson got a piece of it. Seattle can't get it out, but it's one second left to go on the power play. We'll see what the whistle is against. John, there's so much to talk about here. I can't believe it. I, I, I truly can't. I know that the Kraken are good at blocking shots. I counted six blocked shots the first couple from Alexiak Tanev had at least two my goodness what a performance by these penalty killers and they were out for the entire power play that is a shift that lasted for a complete penalty kill barring one second and John I'm getting replays here are you seeing on your side what that whistle was for here I did not actually but this is a defensive zone face off this is one by Seattle we're back underneath the play now with 10.30 left to go in the first as this is picked up now to the right side dot. This will bounce off of some of these Dallas players and now pick back up now. Robertson's pass a little bit too far here for Larson as this is in now here for Seattle. They'll rush this thing with Yanni Gordon. It's the first chance to get a chance to see some normal lines. Again, as Cooper said, it was six shot blocks for Seattle on Dallas's power play. They had the puck the entire time as this is sent back around for Schultz. And now, wrapped in behind, I thought it was Jake Ottinger, and this is, took a weird flip in toward the right side of the faceoff circle. Now back in the defensive end as Carson Soucy will get a chance to take a breath here alongside Yanni Gord as this is picked up here for Eberle. And now Seattle will try to move this the other way. They just were under an assault there for the last two minutes as this is flipped in across the red line now in Seattle. Will locate it and across the red line now intercepted by Miro Haskin and again he was just out there and a backhanded pass for getting to Donov trying to find a cutting bend that was a great design but they jumped too early yeah John uh, jump is the right word uh, and that is hockey parlance and the, the Dallas Stars have it right now tons of jump in their game uh, really impressive stuff from the Stars and this is starting to look like to me, a situation where if Seattle can continue to weather this storm, it feels like potentially it's a matter of time before those tables turn as we hit the break here with some commercials uh, so we can chat about it, Mr. John Ott. But uh, do you think that if the Kraken can uh, hold off here and keep this thing at 0-0, 
that eventually they'll find their way to uh, potentially a bit of a counterpunch and maybe the first goal. I think that they could because Dallas is getting a whole heck of a lot of pressure on Seattle right now, and they got to withstand that storm. I just can't get over what we just saw on that power play side. It was six block shots, nine block shots already for Seattle. The Dallas is two. They've certainly had to work for it right now. Dallas has come out with the exact fire that's needed, but I, I do agree. If Seattle can weather it here, they can have a good chance in the second period. It kind of feels like they need to get out of the first right now. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, yeah, this this uh, first period has started to fly by, uh, really, because uh, the Dallas Stars have been pushing the pace so much. It just feels like it's going that quickly. Uh, and also, credit to the uh, ESPN statisticians, worth noting, on that man advantage, uh, which was killed successfully by the Kraken one way or another, they somehow got out of that thing. There were 10 shot attempts on the power play by Dallas. Seattle allowed zero of those to get to Grubauer. So incredible work by that first PK unit for the visiting Seattle Kraken. Huge stuff there. Now can they turn the tide like John and I were just talking about? That's going to become crucial. If they can't do it here in the first, got to get to the room, reset, try to do it in the second, but we still got some time here, John, so we'll see. Yeah, we will definitely see, and what you just described on that, courtesy of the ESPN, so that's a heroic shift, and again, I can't even understate that or oversell that, which is 9.34 left to go in the scoreless first stanza. John, out here with you on the play-by-play, -play, being joined by Cooper Hopkins on color, but we will definitely be switching off, as this is set now here for Jake Ottinger, and toward the left side of the red line now, and this is Matty Beneers, he'll try to go ahead and get a stick on this he did score in game six he looked pretty good on that side and that was me driving home from work for waterford sharks game as to donna will pick this up now he'll center this out this was dangerous but this actually bounced right to seattle here's a chance for a three on two toward the right side it's everlay here's the cross pass cartier he was stuck on his off hand he tried to find everlay there for a pass and now seattle with a flip, this will go back here for Maddie, and the Michigan man will send this one back. Again, Maddie Veneers never seems to be in a hurry. He's always he never hesitant to make that extra pass and make the right play in front of him. That's pretty good for a 20-year-old playing on the first line. This is recollected now for Turbo. He'll send this out across, but this will get blocked by the defense here for Kiravanton. I'll flip this one down for Roddick Foxa. So it's the fourth line side for a little bit for Peter DeBoer's squad as they'll get a breath. This is sent all the way down the ice. Ottinger will play it. There is no icing. This is sent back around for Thomas Harley. He gets her on a small body contact. And now Morgan Geeky will try to go ahead and pry this loose as Donato gets taken down. Dallas has it, although it's one on two. Luke Lindenning gets dispossessed of the puck as Carson Soucy will spin back around. Seattle will take their time. Here's a pass from 50 feet as this is recollected by Dallas. Rope Hints will get the steal. He's very good at the 200-foot game. Jason Robertson for Essel Lindell off the left pad of Philip Grubauer. We're down to 7.55 left to go here in this first. The shots on goal are even at 5. But it's definitely been a lot more shot attempts for Dallas. We can say that, especially on the power play side. It was six blocks just for Seattle alone as they get an offside entry here and a stoppage with 7.44. Yeah, John, this breathless pace continues, and it uh, really still favors the Dallas Stars. The uh, Kraken have shown... A little bit of pushback here. They haven't really been able to uh, extend any zone time uh, beyond just a few seconds or a handful of seconds. Uh, and as you were talking about, uh, Matty Beneers looking for that extra pass. I think uh, when the Kraken did have a three-on-two with Ty Cartier getting the pass on his backhand, making the smart choice, trying to find somebody in the slot, going to center that thing and see if he can find a stick. Was unable to 
do so. I like the decisions the Kraken are making. Hopefully they can find a way to establish themselves in the Ozone and uh, give themselves a chance to make more of those decisions more often. Yeah, they're going to need to do so, like we said, and maybe that's going to come a little bit more in the second period. You're going to, you're going to get through a barrage here for Dallas. They're going to be very motivated on their home ice and try to run through a couple of expansion teams. I see some Dallas fans are a little bit upset about that, thinking that uh, Vegas and Seattle got to this a little too early. We can definitely have a discussion about that as Larson will pick this up off the left side of the window. And this is recollected here for Tyler Sagan, the former Stanley Cup champion for the Boston Bruins very long ago. Again, he's been on Dallas for quite a long time now, as this is sent back here for Schultz. And they, Seattle will look to start again here between the left to right in this first period. As this is flipped in again, Dallas at home in Game 7 in the victory green with the black pants as Hanley gets taken away from the puck. This will be a race and try to get kept in by former star Jamie Alexiak. He will just get to it as Oliver Bjorkstrand is stuck in behind the office of Ottinger here. And now Rope hints. Has it calmly off the back end. That's a beautiful sauce pass into an open area as Dallas can get some possession there with Hanley. As Seattle gets taken down behind the net. Good stick check here for Dallas. That almost was an opportunity, but Seattle can take a little of bereavement here and start again. As this is sent back now, Bjorkstrand will take a look at it, but this will instead just be cleared in. As Ottinger been very busy playing the puck in behind his net. As Dallas quickly will try to pressure this the other way. Evgeny Dodonov, sweet little play for Jimmy Ben. Off the backhand, this goes off the outside of the stick. And in between the legs of Evgeny Dodonov. A little bit of a break there for Seattle as they can get this puck back into the def in the offensive zone. Morgan Geeky gets stick lifted. And now here's a chance for Dallas one more time. It's that second line, Jamie Ben. As this partially gets blocked, captaincy's been very good in this series. Had a great resurgence here. As this is wrapped back around the net by Evgeny Dodonov, but that goes wide of the blue paint. Morgan Geeky, he almost got hit in the face. He's able to stay with it, though. Looked like he was in a little bit of discomfort, but this is sent back here for Ty Cartier. And the first line will look to start again. Dallas will indeed take a penalty. So it was Geeky that got hit up high. And now Seattle has the extra attacker. Whenever Dallas touches, it's going to be a crack in power play. 5.15 left to go here in this first. As Seattle still in their own end. They'll take the long flip. And now here's Eberle. He's going to try to skate into the neutral zone. Here's an entry here for Cartier. into the right side of the wall, it's Jordan Eberle. He'll spin this off the backhand. This will stay with Larson. Larson has it in the high slot. Here's a chance for Eberle. Here's the cross pass. And it will go back for Vince Dunn. Now on the high slot. It's a chance for Eberle now. As they'll continue to move this around as Seattle. Eberle's got it near the right side of the circle. He'll make a stutter step, buy himself some space as Seattle works in behind the net. Try to find Eberle one more time. As it's still a delayed penalty, Dallas has not touched. It's still Seattle's puck on a 6-on-5. Eberle through the traffic! Big save by Ottinger! And was we get some pushing and shoving. Wow, yes indeed. That's some big stuff right there. And uh, leave it to the Kraken to take advantage of that extra man on the ice with Grubauer on the bench, the delayed penalty with the referee's hand in the air. Uh, I mean, that was well over 90 seconds, John, of uh, essentially uh, power play time for the Kraken right there. And some great passes. That's what we talked about a couple of minutes ago. Good decision making by those that were on their shift for Seattle. Uh, they're making that extra pass, looking for the right lane, and Andre had to come up big right there. And uh, looks like Geeky getting a little explanation there from the Zebras and Marchman as well. Uh, but Ben, one of the last few, the very, very few left, uh, who are grandfathered in with no visor, yeah. as we see Geeky get smashed right up near his visor, which includes uh, Flame Milan Lucic, 
and I believe Ryan O'Reilly is another with no visor. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Ottinger has to squeeze that right bicep, and he keeps this thing tied at 0-0. Power play coming up for Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see with that extended time. I know we're getting a break now, but what I mean is the extended time for the extra attacker. That was about a minute and a half. What lines is Dave Hexall going to roll out here for this power play and keep some fresh units and try to get the first goal of the game? Yeah, you know, uh, so far I've really liked uh, what I've seen from Eberle, especially when the Kraken had that extra attacker. He uh, took the responsibility on his own shoulders. You see that stick handling skill that he has burst through. I mean, we're not talking 97 in Edmonton, but uh, Eberle knows what he's doing to uh, race through the neutral zone with control of the puck, and he helped set things up in the ozone right there. So you got to expect you're going to see uh, number seven out there in white. But uh, some credit where it's due to, to number 13, Brandon Tanev. My goodness, talk about it, energy. Uh, that's what you need from those who are on your third and fourth lines. And he has had a great first period so far. Uh, as we talked about, multiple blocks on the penalty kill, which he was out for for the entire time. Uh, and he's also really had those skates moving. Love to see that from uh, those players on the third and fourth lines. They may not get a ton of ice time, John, but they're there to contribute. And that's what I'm seeing from 13 so far. Yes, they are, as they're getting some handful of still shots here between Crack and Avalanche Game 7. We would definitely cover that one when I was pulling double duty. What a moment that was. And what a moment this will be again as they're showing Oliver Bjorkstrand. Man, he had an exceptional Game 7 against the Avalanche. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds that scoring touch yet again. And this power play uh, could be a big step in that direction for Seattle. And uh, now Dallas, who has really been on the front foot for this entire first period, uh, you know, barring a moment here and there, now we have to see if they have that mental focus uh, to really lock things down on the defensive side for the penalty kill. And they got a shorthanded chance. It's Ropey Hits with a ripper. And then another backhand opportunity gets saved. I think Roddick Foxa had a bid for the second one. So Seattle had to dodge a bullet on their own power play, but now they can get started. It's McCann, the 40-goal scorer this year as the pass goes a little bit too far, and Seattle will have to start again. By the time they get the entry, it might be about a minute 25. L.A. Tolvin in now. And around the kick plate as Seattle will try to brush this ahead. Here's a diving play, but this could be recollected by L.A. Tolvanen the former National Predator, but this goes up in the netting and I'll play with a minute 19. That was dangerous for Dallas. Uh, yeah, the, the theme continues, John. Dangerous Dallas. That is what they have been for the entirety of this opening stanza. And I guess <laughs> they just wanted to make a fool out of me. I said, you know, hey, we got to see that team in green play some defense, too. Well, they said, forget that. We're just going to keep playing offense. That's the best way to play defense. We'll get the puck back and get one of our best scoring opportunities of the night so far. And then in the middle of it, Cooper, they've done something that they've done well throughout the series. I know Seattle's strength is definitely not face-offs, but they kill it. So Seattle hasn't even gotten started here, and half the power play is already killed. As it's still nothing-nothing, with 3.35 left to go in the first one, they have the same extenuating circumstance where every first period I call is a scoreless one here for Seattle and Dallas. But that just seems to be the way that it goes when I call these games. As this is sent back around here for Philip Grubar, but... Doesn't make it any less exciting. It's been word go here, Jump Street, for all these chances. 
as it's Cartier near the right side of the board. So we'll try to chip and chase this. The 22-year-old Coachella Firebird, Cartier, is under siege there with Matty Beniers. And now Matty Beniers will try to locate it amongst the stick blades as Jamie Benn is in the box for about 25 more seconds unless Seattle gets something. And again, without the captain, see, he's going to get an extended rush. He might have some energy here to give Dallas the first goal of the game at the end of this first period. As this goes back down for 15 more seconds in the Seattle power play. So Dallas completely dominated that power play for Seattle here right now. Maybe they'll have time to get in the zone. As it's Car Carson Soucy, but Tanev way off sides. And we get a stoppage of 245 as the towels wave. Yeah, I like to see Tanev getting some power play time there, but uh, you got a, got a couple steps ahead there, not even close to being onside. So six seconds to go here in Seattle's first power play. Uh, Dallas over one with a man advantage. Uh, Seattle, barring something uh, pretty impressive with just a handful of seconds to go here, will also be 0-1 uh, with the man advantage. And yeah, John, we're still at 0-0 uh, zero, zero, zero here. And this is uh, looking good if you're betting the under when it comes to the goal total. Um, and, and you never know, though. As you mentioned, sometimes that first period is, uh, is zip-zip. And then for you and I, I mean, if I'm going to jump on play-by-play, -play, I might have to call six goals in the second period. We'll see. You did the last time we did in one of these games here with Dallas and Seattle. So you might want to get yourself warm as this is picked up now off the backhand. Donato! Try to send this, but this goes off the outside of the cage. Johnny Gord gets taken away from the puck as this gets dropped back here for Larson. Sweet move by Larson as he'll buy some chance. This goes off the left pad of Jake Ottinger as Dallas will try to get this now near the right side of the red line. It's just spun around the net, but this is a chance for Turbo to go ahead and collect this puck as this is flipped in and now into the neutral zone as Larson will bounce this off of skates. He'll go ahead and take his change. So the defense trying to get all situated as well as the forwards here for Dave Hextall's squad. About a minute 45 left to go here in this first. Again, I'm going to do this first period play-by-play -play with Cooper Hopkins. We're going to be switching off and me taking the color in the second period. And I think Cooper's going to have his hands full. I just have that feeling now. As Robertson gets this one across now. Essa Lindell. Here's a cross. And this actually goes right in the stomach. I thought they would like for a pass. But Lindell goes to shoot. It goes right in the stomach of Grubauer. So Grubauer steady. John and uh, Ottinger as well. They've had to make a couple flashy saves, but nothing extraordinary, I would say. And uh, these goaltenders doing uh, what we've ex come to expect them to do. Uh, Dallas, a ton of great uh, time in the offensive zone. Also making some great choices. We've talked about the Kraken and, and kind of their mentality, looking for that extra pass. Dallas has done that as well. They're not afraid to go low to high and then take that, that big bomb blast from at or near the blue line. But uh, the Kraken have really held things at bay here. They've uh, been pushed. They are bending but not breaking. And we will see how things close out here. I'll let you jump back in on the play-by-play. -play. And here's a race for the puck. Seattle going to get to it now as this will be sent back around. Jared McCann will pick this one up off the back end. He'll center it right out front. This bounces. And it bounces off of one of the stars before it ever hits Ottinger. That was a great opportunity. McCann wants the pass, but it won't find him. As we're down to 60 seconds left to go in the scoreless first period, and I really can't believe that it's scoreless as this is sent back in across the red line for Miro Haskin. And now Seattle will go ahead and get to it as McCann will take his change. It's a chance for Manny Beniers. This gets deflected. This will stay in play, though, as it's sent back around. This will be Joe Pavelski here for Russell Lindell. And now Rope hits. 
Good pass interception there for Ty Cartier as he dumps this one in. He read exactly what Dallas wanted to do off that long breakout. And this will be Eberle now. Eberle's pass going back to the defense gets taken away. 29 to 14 on the shot attempts for Dallas. Rope hands trying to bust in between three Seattle Kraken players as they can't get it out. Miro Haskinen keeps it in. And now Eberle will locate it here. Cartier, Matty Beneers, the combination play as Ottinger goes back out of his goal crease, banking it off the window to Essel and Dell. Down to five seconds as Dallas going to get stuck in their own end. Miro Haskinen, as this is a dangerous pass back, but Dallas has it. And the first period, Cooper is scoreless. Wow, John, I'm just going to take a quick breath right here. Uh, I think we both have to. Uh, I'm sure everyone in that building <laughs> is going to exhale a little bit. Uh, the the uh, Dallas fans spent plenty of time on their feet in this first period because the Stars have looked the better team so far. Uh, you know, there's not a chasm here between the Kraken, uh, the play of the Kraken, and the play of the Dallas Stars. But, yeah, I think it's pretty clear here, and I'm sure you would agree, Dallas with the run of play there, they have been the one uh, really pushing not only the pace, uh, but the opportunities. And that shows on the stat sheet, but also the eye test as well. Just uh, Dallas in terms of time of possession, the way they've looked in the offensive zone, they're moving through the neutral zone, and boy, oh boy, that penalty kill. Uh, they had one of their better offered uh, opportunities on the offensive side during a PK while a man down. So we hit the break, John, uh, and I, of course, we, we get the shout-outs from, uh, from Furbert. Thanks for joining <laughs> in, Furbert. Uh, haven't seen you in one of these for a while. I know you're a big hockey guy, so hey, you can't, uh, you can't miss a Game 7 between the Kraken and the Stars. Uh, between, between these two excellent teams, I think it's very fitting, John, that it went to a Game 7, and man, oh man, we have been entertained, and we're only 20 minutes in. Yeah, I uh, definitely felt like I just went through a little mini workout, to be honest with you. Again, I know it's a little bit warmer here in uh, southeast Michigan. It was a beautiful day. I went outside for a walk, got my exercise. I think my Spotify wanted to uh, play some uh, Ramstein and some other very hard rock and uh, wanted to get me pumped for this game, and I feel like the blood's just been pumping. Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, you know, since, since Fernando's on the, on the broadcast here, it's a pretty, pretty warm one up in the Pacific Northwest as well. So uh, things are hot everywhere. The Midwest, uh, in, in the Pacific Northwest, and, and definitely in Dallas tonight as well. I mean, there's, there's plenty to talk about. Before we jump into it, John, uh, just for a brief moment, I actually have to step away from the broadcast and I will come right back in. Probably won't be more than a minute and a half or two minutes. Uh, so if you can hold me down for just a short period, I'll be right back, my friend. No problem. So your first period reset, we are scoreless. And again, it's very hard to believe that. The shots on goal are 9-9, to but the shot attempts are 28-14 to Dallas. That was the unofficial part of the first period, thanks to ESPN. Hits are 12-7 to on that side for Seattle. And on the other side for face-offs, it's 9-4 for Dallas. Again, out of the 32 teams, Seattle and their face-off percentage, they're 31st. And when we talk about certain situations in between Jamie Benn, Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, and Luke Lundenning, who can be one of the very best face-off guys on that side, no surprise that Seattle's going to struggle a little bit through this series on that end. But in the first period, the power play opportunity, there was just one apiece on both sides. Neither team scored. Seattle had six shot blocks of Dallas opportunities. Dallas had about ten shot opportunities on their two-minute power play. 
and they had the puck the entire way all the way across but Seattle was able to bend a little bit and not break and when I do get Cooper back on this side we will talk about some of the other extenuating circumstances as far as the other series because again we're waiting to see the winner between Seattle and Dallas they're gonna play Vegas in the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals I believe will be the first to kick off again the NHL doesn't list all the dates and times until round, the round two finishes we go to round three but that will begin Wednesday and I believe that will be first with Carolina and Florida and usually on that side you would think about a 7 730 Eastern start and the Western Conference games will be a little late. <clears throat> so I want to mention this on this side, because I know we'll get to the discussion. But if there are, and again, I will uh, reiterate this with Cooper when he gets in, but if there are any other people that want to talk about Toronto or Boston or some of these other teams that have been eliminated, now Edmonton, the question that's been on my mind on that side of Grayson still in here, I appreciate it if you want to chime in on this one, if I have to tell you, and you have to pick one, you don't have a choice other to not do it, who can win a Stanley Cup first, Toronto or Edmonton? Who are you going to take? Because I don't think either one of these teams are feeling very good, especially what happened on the last side. And when you look at what happened to Vegas just the other night, I mean, it was a rough one. That Matias Ekholm penalty, when it was pretty much a charge on the other end, it negated essentially... A four-on-four four time when you could have had McDavid and Drysettle in more open ice. And that just got really ugly. And then the fact that there were so many other people. Again, I know it's ESPN. I know it's Sportsnet Outlets, everyone else. There were a lot of people that were picking the Edmonton Oilers on that side. But they just couldn't get it done. And when you think about Vegas, they're a team that can roll out all four lines. They've been dealing with five different goalies this year. They've kind of been in and out between all of that. And it's been all over the place, but they've looked like the more consistent team. And even when you have guys like McDavid and Drysettle, just because they're so strong, you got McDavid with 150 plus points, you got Drysettle about 115 points, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go far. I've been the one over the last couple of years since we started doing all this stuff on Twitter Spaces and YouTube. I've been on the forefront here saying that I don't ever buy into what Edmonton does in the postseason. What they do is very good regular season numbers. They score a ton of goals. They take care of their business. They outplay everybody in 80-90 style hockey, but that does not translate into the postseason. And now when you look at it, and the cap-friendly side of it, they show Drysaddle, two more years left. McDavid, three more years left. What's next for that team? And the comments, again, I will revisit these with Cooper Hopkins because I do need to get his thoughts when he does come back. You have Kyle Dubas, the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you have Brendan Shannon, president of operations. And when you think about it, you have the core four and the side of Austin Matthews, Mitchell Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, and you also have Morgan Riley. For better or for worse, again, some guys make over $11.5 million, some guys more toward eight. Let's round all those evenly and say the five players make between 48 to $50 million, because that's the accurate number. If you're Toronto, you've seen this over the last few years, correct, where they've kind of hit their ceiling. They've either lost in the first round. This was the first time they won a playoff series since 2004. Well, what did it get them? We know that the Florida Panthers have been very hot. And again, their road to hoe on that side was between the Toronto Maple Leafs 
and the Boston Bruins. You're not going to get anything more difficult. On that side, Seattle's been pretty damn close on that side. When you're thinking about uh, the Colorado Avalanche and now the Dallas Stars, should they get through it? But if you're Toronto, what's the game plan? Because we heard some of those comments from Kyle Dubas today on that side of it when he was openly asked on Sportsnet side, TSN side, do you want to be the GM of the Maple Leafs next year? And he said openly, I'm not going to have my name in the paper. I'm not going anywhere else. But at the same time, if I don't sit down and have this discussion with my family, it's been a very difficult year. If I don't sit down and have this discussion with them, then I'm not doing right by my own family. And I'm not sure what to do next on that side. So there will be a few other things. And now that Cooper's in here, I will get his thoughts, and we will start with Edmonton first. But I was just finishing up a little bit with Toronto. But I want to get those comments in with Cooper uh, before this first intermission ends and he takes over. <clears throat> John, I didn't mean to leave you hanging there, and uh, as I just caught back up with your comments, um, not knowing the full context, if I had to guess, were you just talking about old number 34 in Toronto, my friend? Yeah, I was talking about Kyle Dubas, the GM, and his comments with Austin Matthews in the core four. What's next for the Toronto Maple Leafs? We talked about Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, and you throw Morgan Riley in there. They're all between $11 million to 8 if we round those all fairly. About five guys making $50 million. We've seen that they won the first playoff series since 2004. But what's the next move for the Maple Leafs? I think there's got to be a trade somewhere, don't you? Yeah, I think that there's going to be some movement on that roster and not just, uh, not just secondary players. I think we're going to see some names that are, that are very noticeable change. Uh, and I uh, have even heard some calls and listen. Anytime a team bows out of the playoffs that has high expectations, especially, uh, you may get calls for the coaches, the, uh, the coach or the coaching staff to go. I did hear some of that noise uh, today on NHL Network Radio, uh, Sirius XM. Heard some uh, callers make those comments, and and I heard the suggestion of Joel Quenville potentially being a replacement uh, if there is a change of the bench boss there in Toronto. I'm not sure we're going to see that actually take place. Um, I think that uh, it, it's very interesting when someone like an Austin Matthews uses what is now sort of this, uh, I don't want to fully describe it as a cliche, but we've definitely heard the phrasing uh, used, my intention is, right, John, when players are asked about what their, uh, what their plans are, uh, as they are at or near the end of their contracts, okay, you're going to stay with our squad or you're going to move elsewhere. Uh, we've heard about players' quote-unquote intentions plenty, and I think by and large, usually when you hear that kind of language, not every time, but uh, and maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm just feeling sour grapes here because of the Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk moves, but it seems to me like the rumblings are there, certainly enough to be. Uh, a conversation about where Austin Matthews is going to head, uh, if not this upcoming season, the season after. I think there is going to be rumblings, and again, I agree with you, probably even more than rumblings on that side, is Toronto might get full turnover, even in the front office, between Dubas and Shanahan as the presidency. But as we're in the middle of this first intermission, and again, I appreciate you jumping back in. If you do got to take care of some things, don't worry about it. But since I have you in here, I want to talk about this in the intermission as well. So Edmonton now, they lost to Vegas. 
Again, you know where I stand on this, Cooper, and I've been on the forefront the last couple of years. You know I do not buy into what Edmonton does, especially into the postseason. They're a great regular season team playing that 80s, 90s hockey. But when they get matched up against some of these other teams that can do a little bit of everything and play defense and get some goaltending. Look, they've moved around five different goaltenders. Aiden Hill was able to finish the job. He gave up two goals on two shots the other night, and then he locked it down completely after and Connor McDavid said, hopefully this is the last time I have to go through something like this. That was not a good penalty to give up by Matthias Eckholm the other night. And uh, Edmonton, if you have to tell me this, I'll throw this question out there too, but give me your Edmonton thoughts. You have to pick one team, and one team only, between the East and the West. Who can win a Stanley Cup first, Toronto or Edmonton? Who would you take? Because I don't have confidence in either. Oh, man, that you put me in a difficult position on that one. I think... Uh... Believe it or not, I'm actually going to give the nod to Edmonton mm -hmm. just because of the white, bright star power of, uh, of McDavid and Drysdale. And listen, this is not to say that it's uh, it's feasible for Edmonton to continue with this strategy of just letting these two, you know, astronomically exceptional superstars lead them and carry them. Uh, and as and we talked about this in previous broadcasts, John, credit to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, credit to Evander Kane. Yes. Uh, there are players there who are making a, a significant difference, but there, it, things really fall off of a cliff after those names that I just added to McDavid and Dreisaitl. And when McDavid and Dreisaitl, and particularly in this playoffs, when Dreisaitl, who was being talked about, oh, Khan this, and boy, he's, you know, he's leading the way, um, that seemed to dry up very quickly. And the Edmonton Oilers didn't really have an answer for a team that's the caliber of the Vegas Golden Knights that are not intimidated by what the Oilers do. I think the reason why I answered your question, I'm going Edmonton over Toronto, is it all depends, and this is a little bit of a cop-out, but it all depends on matchups. I think if you, know, if you were to get the Oilers against a team like the Kraken, who, of course, have shown a ton of spine and, and are legitimately contenders in this playoff year, but would probably be a little more susceptible to that superstar, the white-hot superstar power that Edmonton has. Beyond that, man, that's a tough question to ask, and I don't envy anyone who has to, uh, you know, the GMs that have to try to remake those rosters because it just doesn't seem like being top-heavy is necessarily the answer these days. Having a star matters. You can look directly at Florida. And Matthew Kachuk, yeah. uh, who, who has taken the mantle from Jonathan Huberdeau and become the, the he's in the driver's seat on that team and has fit right in. So there's a great example right there. But beyond that, it doesn't seem to work when you're top-heavy and relying on just two or three guys to take you the whole way. No, it doesn't. And I want to throw this out there, too. I know there was some rumblings and conversations. I just want to get your thoughts. I know we're going to be wrapping up this first intermission shortly. Do you have any complaints? Because I know there were some Dallas fans talking about this. Man, this just seems like a disgusting thing in the NHL where you have these expansion teams come out and they play so well. They're gifted this team. They didn't have to pay their dues. And we might have to dispatch both of these expansion teams. I don't like it. That's what a lot of the Dallas fans are saying. That's what my buddies were saying on that side. Do you have any problem with what Gary Bettman did when you set up there for Vegas and Seattle? Because, look, I'll say it this way. If you're Seattle and Vegas, you still got to draft the players in front of you and turn that into something that's uh, feasible. And both these teams did very well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And listen, if, if, if Gary, if we, were, uh, if we were stunned beyond all belief and Gary Bettman jumped into our Twitter space right now, I, be, I believe he would say this is exactly what we intended, if not expected. 
we want our teams to step right in uh, with with high level talent, difference making talent, and not just be a part of the league and be happy about it, but uh, do what Dallas, excuse me, do what Vegas has done. They basically broke the mold. They shattered all expectations in their first season. Now the Kraken are doing it in just their second. Um, so new mold has been cast for sure. And I think that the Stars uh, fans' comments are understandable. Listen, as a lifelong Calgary Flames fan, uh, you know, th- that team has history going back, of course, to the Atlanta Flames and then uh, after their move in 1980 to Alberta. Uh, Stanley Cup win in 89. They were contenders prior to that. You know, get to down years in the 90s, 2000. Right, okay, we don't need to go through their whole history. My point is, the Dallas Stars have a ton of history, right? You could say that about most teams in the league. And I think that as a fan, it's a little disappointing to feel like the new kid on the block can push you around, right? I'm the senior in high school, and why is this freshman the cool kid in class and I'm getting laughed at? Nobody likes that feeling, but life's not fair, and nor is the NHL. And unfortunately, you have to prove it against whoever you're facing, whether or not they've been in the league for 80 years or they've been in the league eight months, you know, as was the case with the Kraken a year ago. So um, I get it, but uh, but you got to show it on the ice. It doesn't matter who it is. These are still pros. you got to do it. I agree with you. I think that's very well said. And, again, I'm not just saying that because we're like-minded in a lot of situations because, let's face it, those guys are on the board. you still got to be able to draft them correctly and then still, oh, by the way, Get the coaching staff, everyone else together, do all the same things that all the other teams do. Get them to play well on the ice and gel that quickly. I mean, look, the Vegas Golden Knights have made the conference finals in four out of six years. That is incredible. Yeah, John, they, I, like I said, mold beyond broken. They have stomped on whatever expansion team mold there was. You know, we think about teams like the Thrashers. We think, we think all the way back. Yeah. And think all you know all the way back. I remember the Predators. You know, it's like, and now these are teams that are well established and have years and years of success, high level success. Uh, we know all of the history about teams moving, so that's that's different, right? Uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes and taking on that that Hartford tradition, and then really building their own fr- uh, franchise. It feels like they have been their own for years and years. Vegas has done that in a blink of an eye. And Seattle is now on the doorstep of really starting to form that kind of history for themselves, too. And when we say the word history, like I just mentioned, like you were alluding to, we're not talking about an original six. I mean, listen, you could speak better than anyone, John, as a Red Wings fan, right? And and you, I, how would you feel if you were in the in the Stanley Cup final against the Kraken? You're going, wait a minute. This team that's two years old is going to take us down? The legendary winged wheel? Are you kidding me? I mean, I can totally understand where it comes from, but that's the nature of this thing. And uh, and for the Kraken, credit to their credit to their executive team for getting this thing going after a first year that was a disappointment and the second year that has been absolutely astounding. Yeah, and we're going to be getting into the play-by-play now, Cooper, so you'll get a chance to take it. And all I would say this to rebuttal that, hey, if you earn it, you earn it. If they made it here, they definitely deserved it. And that's what we see right now. We've just been seeing fantastic hockey from all these teams. It's been excellent. Yeah, it's been a heck of a first and second round. This year has been one to remember, absolutely. And, uh, of course, now we're starting to see the uh, the bit of broadcast delay on my side. So, uh, so apologies. Uh, but if you're listening now or listening after the fact, uh, John's 
he's gotten some good training at uh, <laughs> holding back any shouts or gasps. So I will be on the play-by-play -play momentarily here uh, as we see this stat yet again, John. 13 blocked shots for the Kraken in period number one, just the two for Dallas, and we are underway here in the second. So, uh, John, just pretend that, that you're not in the future right now. Pretend you're on my time, my friend, as 10 seconds have gone here, and play is, of course, immediately whistled dead. That make that eight seconds officially. We had a bit of an offside there. So, this 0-0 hockey game in Dallas, John, game seven between the upstart Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. The money line live right now, courtesy of ESPN. Dallas a minus 160. Seattle still the underdog at plus 125 if you are a better. So here come the Stars from their own end. They're going to try to chip this one through the neutral zone, but it's picked up by the Kraken and turned back in this second period. Dallas in their home greens moving left to right. Seattle in their road whites moving right to left. And there's a snapshot right away as Grubauer, I think, had to shoulder that one aside. Puck did not exit the Ozone for the Stars, but the Kraken now have it in the trapezoid behind Grubauer to his right. Some players come together along the boards right there looking for possession. It's going to fall to one of the Kraken, and it'll be chipped along behind, and it's going to be done for Seattle chasing this thing down. Kraken, as was in the first period, having a little trouble exiting their own zone here, John, but it's going to go to Jaden Schwartz. He's bumped along the penalty boxes, and Miro Iskinen with that cage after taking a putt to the face several games ago is going to Push this puck forward. Now it's a three-on-three three for the Stars. Ben with it. Make that Sagan, excuse me. He tries to turn it back to the blue line. Now Seattle will break out the other way, but the stretch pass a little too far for Yanni Gord. But Yanni Gord pirouettes. He looked to gain possession, but he did so offside. So the play is whistled dead with a minute and 11 seconds gone in the middle stanza. I know there's been some offsides here and there for Seattle, but they've definitely had this jump. They want to hit this line with speed and play fast. That's what Matty Beneers said it creates a lot of success here for Seattle. Yeah, you're absolutely right, John. And we'll see here with a couple of whistles. I mean, I know this is part of the game, but sometimes things can get a little choppy, and we'll see if that makes a difference in terms of momentum for either one of these squads, as Dallas had the majority of the momentum in the first 20 minutes. So Seattle right now with Oliver Bjorkstrand at the star at center ice. He looked to sauce a pass toward his own player's bench, but that was knocked down by a Dallas stick. Just on side of the Kraken right here as the puck is cycled around to Yanni Gore to the near wall. He's going to knock this one all the way back to the right point, chip back down to the half wall on the far side. Bjorkstrand right there battles for the puck. Going to come away with a great job right there to keep a stick at bay. And there's a distant shot that sends one of the stars to the ice. So a shot block, and boy, one of the stars, John, couldn't get a number there. He's doubled over in pain, but he's up on his skates. So we'll keep an eye out on that injury right there and see if there's any impact. Shots are now even at 9-9, Seattle and Dallas tied still with no score in this game seven. 17 and 17 minutes, I should say, and 50 seconds to go here in this period. Seattle in their own end right now, but Matty Beneers is going to escape this thing away and flutter it out to neutral ice. Looking to chase down is Cartier for the Kraken. He can't find the puck as it is sent all the way back down toward Grubauer. No icing here, though. Beneers picks up. We'll backhand this one along, and eventually the puck is angled over to Cartier. He's going to take on two stars, partial two-on-two. Two. Chip pass comes right back to him, and Cartier gets cross-checked into the glass along the end boards. Haskinen didn't extend the arms there, though, so no hand up in the air from the referees. 17 minutes and 15 seconds here. Cooper Hopkins on the play-by-play. -play. That's me, my friends and listeners, along with John Ott. He's going to be on the analyst and color side as one of the Dallas Stars was tripped right there. Heiskanen went down courtesy of Everly. I thought there might have been a penalty call, but again, play on is the signal from the stripes. And now these Stars take over possession at center ice. 
Chipped this one down to the near corner. Puck now behind Grubauer. The trapezoid picked up right there. Is it Heiskanen down low? Yes, it is. He will send this one up high. Now on the puck is Fox. There's a deflection out in front to the right of Grubauer. Don't think he had a full, clear look at that thing, but he got the paddle down on the ice. Turned to the side, and the Kraken are forced to ice it. Luckily, that shot deflected wide of the Kraken net. So we are still tied at zero, John. The uh, shot, that was Colin Miller that went down. The vulcanized rubber hit him right in the elbow, maybe in the funny bone on the other end. Good deflection save there for Philip Grubauer amongst the redwood trees. Uh, thank you for getting an eye on that uh, that TV number. Yes, indeed, number six for the Stars. And uh, that's Miller taking one off, potentially the forearm or elbow. But he looks no worse for wear as the Stars have a great shot right here. Grubauer looking behind him. He had to flash the leather. I think he may have gotten a piece of that with the glove. Now the puck will come back to neutralize on a whiffed pass right there. And we see a stat from the ESPN side. Uh, this is something I thought we might get uh, to later in this game, John. But Jason Robertson, no goals in this series. The Stars fans have been waiting for him to turn things up. And will his time be now in this ever-important Game 7 in the second round? Four minutes have gone here in the second, still tied at nothing. Multiple players going down. And, John, the theme continues here for the Stars. They are ripping shots toward Grubauer, none of them getting through. But uh, the main fundamental piece is that Dallas really establishing lots of ozone time. They've done that throughout this entire game so far. Now there's McCann, who was out for a good chunk of the playoffs for the Kraken. He was trying to hold the puck down in the near corner on the Seattle side of the ice. Couldn't do so as it was taken away by the Stars. It's chipped along right there. Going to be chased down by Rope Hints, but he can't get to the puck. There's a big check along the near boards right there, and Seattle will come away with this thing. Schwartz chips it forward. Kraken are moving through the neutral zone into the ozone. That was Larson coming in from his defensive spot. And Dallas will take over possession yet again. They now have 13 shots to Seattle's nine. And here comes the Stars right there. There's a shot right on into the gut of Grubauer. Again, I apologize, trying to get a number on that shooter right there. John probably has it for us. We'll see it on the replay. Multiple players going down. Dallas fans up in arms here in the arena. They are all on their feet looking for a penalty. And these referees keeping the whistles quiet. There were multiple checks just outside the blue paint by the Kraken, keeping this thing outside of the crease and out of the goal. So again, still nothing, nothing, and Dallas had tons of time in the O-zone, but that pass back to the blue line skates, excuse me, streaks all the way back to Hanley, who then sends one forward, and the Stars come in offside. So play his whistle down here, John, and uh, let's flash back about 60 seconds, my friend. Did you see who got that? golden opportunity in front of Grubauer. So Robertson able to step right into this wrister and Mason Marchment was right on the doorstep as it almost bounced off him, bounced off Rope Hints, but Marchment was providing the screen there for Dallas, almost made it one nothing. Yes, he certainly did, and thank you for your eagle eyes, my friend, as we joke sometimes. We know you have four of them, so you have the advantage over someone like myself. Uh, and uh, Robertson, on the bench for Dallas, using his eyes right now on the iPad, trying to get a look at uh, what was a decent shooting opportunity for him. He sailed just high and wide of Grubauer's left shoulder. So scoring chances overall in this game, 7-8-3, to three, solidly in favor of the home team. And speaking of which, the Dallas Stars are going to come away with this thing yet again. They try to chip it out. Actually, it goes off of Matty Benier's back. The puck hit him right between the numbers, and Seattle's actually able to hold this puck in. And there's a shot from the blue line that's snagged easily by Ottinger in net, and so play whistled down one more time, face-off upcoming. I'm going to fully admit to you, Cooper, right now, I know we're in a little bit of the half-and-half half as far as the schedule, 
If we get five or six more minutes in, and I see that the stars continue to press, if I'm Seattle, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous here. I want to see the play go into Ottinger's in a little more. Yeah, I think that uh, just to say it simply, you're exactly right. Um, this is uh, not sustainable. <laughs> this, the Kraken have already been pushing the envelope here as we are now just about six minutes into the second period with the faceoff to Ottinger's left, won cleanly by Seattle. Let's see if they can get something going. Here's a shot from the blue line that sneaks through bodies. Now it's backhanded toward Ottinger, but that wasn't a hot shot, and it's turned aside by one of the defenders in front. Now the Kraken look to center this thing where it bounces off of the skate, and coming the other way are the Dallas Stars. But no, it's going to be turned right over. Now Heiskanen is up against one of the Kraken who goes down. Make that Donato, who was just basically tripped over Heiskanen's skates. Now a good job backtracking by Seattle right there. Boy, more Dallas Stars fans jumping out of their chairs looking for calls. I'm not sure if they were trying to get an interference here, but now it's a partial three on two. Yanni Gord's going to drop this thing off. He was looking to leave it in the top circle, and Tolvanen couldn't find it cleanly. Wasn't able to get a shot off. Now a centering pass to Gord goes up and off of a stick blade, and it stays in play. Looked like that thing was going to bounce over the glass. It did not. So Seattle just recently has closed the shot margin down to 14-12. They're still down by two in that regard. And again, 0-0 in this game seven with 13 minutes to play here in the second period. Now picking up the puck is Susie for Seattle. Tries to go angle pass right there. Runs into, I believe, Tibiranta, and this pass was denied. And Seattle holds in their own end. Goes high to low right there. And then now, excuse me, Schwartz is going to chase this down, but Ottinger steps out of his net. Chips it over to the far corner. Now Schwartz going down. Multiple players have fallen. Here's a slap shot by Oleksiak that goes wide. The former star had a beautiful look at it. 94 miles per hour. And I think it went just wide of the glove side post of Ottinger. Now a one-on-one -on -one chase right there. Good job by Will Borgen, defender for Seattle, to get that puck in his own end and flip it back to the neutral zone. Now a stretch pass to Schwartz is sent along. Looks like Seattle's going to turn back and go for a change here. So I'll take a bit of a breath as the Stars don't give you much of a chance to rest, Sean, and keep this thing moving. The puck now moving from left to right behind Grubauer. Will Borgen still out on his shift. The puck is now in the near corner, being battled for there. Puck still being held. Multiple players squeezed against the boards, and a couple players go down. Boy, Alexiak tied up with Domi. You know, those two are going to go at it. Domi with a broken stick has to drop the stick shaft, skate back to the bench. Alexiak lost his lid, John. He's got to go back to the bench as well. So debris on the ice. Here comes Sagan. He goes all the way around, loses his marker. Now there's a chance right here. The puck goes off of a skate. It was Alexiak who got a helmet came back on the ice. So the Stars from the blue line send it back to the near wall. It's sent into the traffic where the puck hits a skate, and Seattle will just get this thing out to neutralize Matty Beneers, as John pointed out so astutely earlier. Makes a smart play, turns back, is able to get a change for himself and his teammates. Boy, Jamie Oleksiak, again, credit to ESPN, 60 hits and 45 block shots in the NHL, that is second and first in the league, respectively. And I think uh, Dodonov goes offside there just barely, John. So we'll have a whistle, and we see the replay of Oleksiak firing. And boy, John, did he catch the post there? 
Was he inches from getting the first one in this thing? I think he was. Yeah, he was. He was able to walk in in the middle of a slot, wine and fire on a slapper. That's exactly what you want. And the reason why Dallas was a little bit up in arms, there was a play again. You had a broken play for about three and a half minutes on that side. Getting to Donov took a stick up into the visor on that side. No call. And what the heck was going on between Alexiak and Domi and behind the cage of Ottinger? They were all tied up. Not only does Alexiak come back, as you astutely said, he goes back, gets his helmet, and blocks a shot. Unreal stuff. I mean, this game has had a little bit of everything. It's uh, turning out to be, <laughs> as we like to say, John, uh, it's just another classic John Ott and Cooper Hopkins <laughs> night in the NHL. We're getting something that we certainly haven't seen before, at least in these playoffs. Uh, both these teams are absolutely game. They are up for the challenge. And Dallas has, uh, as I've said in the first period, had the run of play. But Seattle showing a little bit more here. And I don't want to say that tides are turning by any stretch. Uh, but these two are evenly matched. There's a reason we're in Game 7. And I do like what I've seen, uh, especially from the likes of Alexiak. He's had a great second period so far. Not afraid to finish his checks, obviously. But also, inches away, how poetic it would have been against his former team to get that first goal. What a great shot attempt uh, earlier in the period. Yeah, it does feel like when it was just the previous breakout, I was talking for Seattle to get more breakout, a chance to get more chances on that side, and they certainly have. The last few minutes have been really good. As you get a chance to look at some of his replay highlights now, and Robertson, man, he just had the puck. And game six, bounce over his stick. Now they show her just kisses off the left side of the crossbar with traffic in front. Robertson has been putting up the points in this series. That's why I always tell everybody to kind of take a little bit of a breath on that one. But in game seven, anybody can be the hero. Yep, and I, now as I see the replay for myself from the other angle behind the goal, uh, up, uh, up above the goal lights, it was Robertson hitting the uh, the area where the post and the crossbar meet. He was inches away from opening scoring, and uh, of course that was matched uh, several shifts later by Oleksiak for Seattle hitting the post to Ottinger's left side. So we're still nodded at nothing-nothing. Nine minutes have gone here in the second period. Cooper Hopkins and John Ott with you on Twitter Spaces calling this ultra-important game in the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, John. So the Dallas Stars have the puck in their offensive zone. Scouting right there is Miller, and he sends that one along into the trapezoid where it bounces out in front, and here comes Bjorkstrand. He's had the scoring touch earlier in the playoff run for the Kraken, but this time he chooses to uh, end his shift and chip this thing down. Now Miller picks it up, going to leave it for Johnson. Set along. Grubauer puts his glove up in the air, and icing will be called, so just too far on that stretch pass, and we'll have a face-off on Ottinger's side in a moment. Yeah, right now, Dallas fans are not happy about a darn thing in this game, as we got 10:27 left to go. We're almost halfway through regulation, and we're still scoreless. This is unbelievable. Yeah, John, you know, I wonder, to, to, the, to the items that we were talking about during the break, you know, I, I, of course you're reacting, if you're a fan, to what you're seeing in front of you uh, on the ice, but uh, it's got to be that frustration some of the Dallas fans are harboring where, you know, it's tough to believe. Is this expansion team really taking us our, our best punches? And we're still 0-0, we can't find the net. 
Uh, we'll see how much longer that lasts and if the temperature gets turned up here. But, boy, the teams on the ice uh, are, are playing so hard. It's a beautiful thing to see. So at the moment, the Kraken uh, with some rare ozone time right here. It's shipped down to Wenberg. He's checked nicely by Johnston, so Wenberg can't hold. But the Seattle Kraken still have it. Back to Wenberg now. Checked by Johnson. There's a shot from distance that almost ricocheted in, John. Schwartz was down low. Now Miller tries to clear. Can't. Schwartz has it in the near circle. He's going to find this thing back to the blue line. Good job to walk the blue line. We have the uh, camera angle from the goal side right there. Now we switch back to the classic broadcast angle. I couldn't get any radio numbers to tell you who was on the blue line. But now Matty Beneers tries to chase down a puck. He almost gets cross-checked, but avoids the, avoids the hit right there in the near corner. Now here come the Kraken, excuse me, the Stars the other way. Oleksiak couldn't chase down the puck, so Grubauer takes responsibility, steps out of his crease, and he paddles that thing on the forehand all the way back out to the players' benches. Now the puck is loose in front. It's going to get shipped down to the near corner. Ty Cartier is going to walk away with a two-on-two. It's Everlay and Cartier. Everlay, Cartier, Cartier can't find it. Now Beneers goes down at his own player's bench. Luckily, he didn't uh, collide too hard with the boards right there. He pops right back up and continues playing. Would not, in, under any circumstances, want to lose number 10 in this game or any game. As John said, just 20 years old and, and on the first line for the Kraken is a backhand shot from close range by Robertson. Boy, Robertson starting to get close to Grubauer's twine, John. This is a very interesting. If Robertson can blow the lid off, that could mean very bad things for Seattle as we get a stoppage. Did Robertson just kiss the post after uh, a theft there of Matty Beneers? That was also close. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think Matty Beneers had a sense that Robertson was closing him down, and Robertson basically pickpockets him, doesn't choose to wheel around as he's on his backhand. He just fires, trying to go shelf, and he does kiss the post right there. That's his second post of the night. So, boy, oh, boy, one of the biggest stars for the stars has been right around it this evening. Cooper, I'm going to say this honestly, and it's not just because we're doing the broadcast, but it's always a fun time when you and I get to work together. This has got to be one of the most entertaining nothing-nothing Game 7s that I can remember. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I have a rooting interest, and as we always point out, we try to stay as neutral as possible and call it like we see it, and uh, that's what you just did. There's no, there's no two ways around it. These teams have been going at it. They're so evenly matched. Uh, and the Dallas has given their best push to Seattle. Seattle has uh, weathered the storm. Uh, the storm continues, but Seattle's still finding enough energy, enough skill, and enough pushback to uh, create some storm themselves that Dallas has had to deal with. Both teams, uh, 0-for-1 on the man advantage, so good penalty killing by both sides, John. So we've seen it at 5-on-5 five five and with the special teams. And, I mean, what more can we say about the play of the goaltenders? They've been fantastic as well. Yeah, they have. We knew that Jake Ottinger was going to bounce back, and fair or unfair, Philip Gerbauer has been Philip Gerbauer 2.0, but you know he's feeling the butterflies again. This is his second consecutive Game 7. He's not playing against his former team anymore. He's playing against the Dallas Stars that certainly have Stanley Cup aspirations, but Seattle, as you said, they continue to knock away that mold, and if Seattle gets past this and they can win, they'll have Stanley Cup expectations if they don't already. Yes, indeed, and uh, it's it's fun to see on the ESPN broadcast, seated behind uh, Dave Haxall on the Seattle bench there, uh, Sidney Rice, former Seattle Seahawk receiver. I'm sure he's not the only uh, former pro player that's uh, here in Dallas rooting for the visitors tonight. And the shots attempt off the rush for Dallas, they have 10 of those 
on their own. Uh, the Kraken only have four, and the reason why I went to the stat right there is because we have a stoppage. I think Brandon Tanev, uh, not too pleased to be called offside there. He's uh, barking at the referees, but the whistle's already gone, John, so we'll have a face-off, and we have 8.44 to go here in the second. Yep, Tyler Sagan is going to get set to take this right now. Again, watch on this side. We're going to get flipped, so it's Max Domin. But between Sagan, Pavelski, Ben, uh, they are some really good face-off guys as one of the Dallas Stars goes down. Yeah, let's take a look at this here. So Domi steps in. He uh, loses the face-off, and one of the Stars is down. One of the Kraken was down as well. This has been uh, a, a bit of a repeating instance here in the second period. There's a shot turned aside by Ottinger with, I believe, the left pad right there. Pretty standard stuff. A shot came in from the far circle. Ottinger found it and turned it aside neatly. Now the Stars have possession. Not sure we're going to have to get more information about that star that went down. Sagan dances and is absolutely robbed by <laughs> Philip Grubauer. John, I've asked you this question before. I ask you again. How is it not one nothing Dallas right now? That was a gorgeous play by Mason Marshman to set up Sagan. And that's about as good as I've seen Sagan look since he's been in a Dallas uniform. That was every sort of move, and Grubauer didn't buy any of what he was selling. That was absolutely astonishing stuff. Philip Grubauer locked in in this playoff year, my friend. This is unreal stuff for the big German goaltender for Seattle, the former Colorado Avalanche man. He has looked great. Now he makes another stop on a sharp angle shot just to his right right there, and Stars are trying to pepper Grubauer here. They just want to put anything close to him in hopes of finding some net. But man, oh man, I remember that Sagan save for a long time. He made Will Borgen look bad on that thing with the toe drag, kept it forehand, fired, and was absolutely stoned by Grubauer. So we will talk about that some more, but for now we got to talk about the action on the ice with 7.45 to go here in the second. The Stars looking to possess in their offensive zone yet again. Good job by Larson right there to battle for the puck, throwing some checks, throwing a shoulder, and he ultimately gets the puck out, and to his teammate Oliver Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand, great forecheck right there, poke checks the puck along, but Hanley's going to pick it up, big number 55, the defender for the Stars. He chips it forward, and it's going to be sent along for Dallas by Kirivanta. Now in the far corner, Grubauer takes a look over his right shoulder, and Susie's going to send it along for Gord. Gord leads the Kraken in these playoffs with 12 points, and everyone jumped off right there because the puck, excuse me, a pass went off a skate and sat in the high slot where Ben shot it and sailed that thing wide. So we'll have to get a replay on that one. Not sure Grubauer got a, a piece of it, John, but Ben had a golden opportunity wasted right there. 14 shots for Dallas. They now are pushing yet again. Momentum has been in their favor. It certainly is at this point in the second period. Just the 13 shots for Seattle. Jamie Benn with 33 goals in the regular season this year. He's got two in these playoffs. Boy, it should have been all threes for him. He was close to getting his third in the playoffs. Pushing the puck right here. The Kraken It's going to be chipped along behind the goal. And there's a whiff by Karchi. He tried to knock that puck out of the air baseball style and wasn't able to make contact. And so here comes Dallas the other way. And they're going to look to shoot from the far circle. That was from the dots. And then a follow-up attempt goes wide. Grubauer saw it all the way. That thing was about a foot wide. And then another one comes in about four feet wide to the right post. So the Kraken, again, bending, 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 not breaking. Nice job. Here's Everly with a snapshot right there on a great feed by Cartier. The trailer was Everly coming in right there. He shot to the glove side, and it was turned away by Jake Ottinger. 
Five minutes, 55 seconds to go here in the second. Cooper Hopkins with you alongside John Ott. Again, John, I keep seeing this. Every one of those fans jumping up in front of the ESPN cameras looking for penalties. They really, really want the referees to get more involved. But those guys in black and white have stayed out of this thing. Now, here's a pass from the near, excuse me, the far wall to near. And this bounced back to Larson at the blue line. He's going to pass it to Susie through traffic. Ottinger can't find it. It's right in front of him and backhanded just wide by Schwartz. Boy, oh boy, that was so, so close. We have been all over this ice surface, John. We just haven't gotten the puck in the net. Neither team so far has broken this scoreless tie. 15 minutes, excuse me, 5 minutes, 15 seconds to go here. The Kraken actually holding some ozone time right here, so much so that ESPN has decided to put a counter up. They had about 40 seconds of offensive zone time right there, so quite a boon right there for the visitors. But battling right now is Sagan with a beautiful backhand feed, but no one was in the slot. Now Sagan gets it back. No, make that Marchment. And Grubauer, I think, gets a shoulder to a shot right there that was put on by Sagan. The Stars buzzing in the offensive zone. It's loose in front. Grubauer couldn't see it. Sagan was knocked down, John, and it's cleared away. I think we'll have an ice here. It's chased down by Hanley. What a sequence. The Dallas fans up on their feet applauding. How close? How many times, John? It's still somehow tied at zero. So Ben just misses. Sagan hits the crossbar for Mason Marsh. Mason Marshman's been unbelievable on this side. We're going to remember this game for a long time. Yeah, no question about it. Sagan with his best ship of the night, bar none. He's taking deep breaths on the player's bench right now, and I don't blame him. Now bodies go down in front. Susie was in the blue paint on his knees for the Kraken. The Kraken, I think, iced this thing again, John. Boy, oh boy, you don't want to do this too many times. Staying fresh is going to be very important when the stars keep coming at you like this. Yeah, and we talked about it again. Seattle 31st out of 32 in faceoffs. Dallas been heavily outplaying them now, and you got tired bodies. So Yanni Gord has got to get this defensive zone draw. Yeah, he definitely does. I'm so glad you pointed out the uh, faceoff numbers. It's not necessarily a, a huge strength uh, for the Kraken. Maybe I'm being generous in putting it in those terms. The Stars uh, far more successful, far more often at winning face-offs. So we'll see what happens here as multiple players for the Kraken have already been out in their shifts for 90 seconds. Good intercepted pass right there! That's left on the doorstep! A centering pass low, excuse me, high to low was taken by Susie, but then he whiffed on the outlet, John, and Grubauer has to flash the leather again. Still zip-zip and it should be, I don't know, at this point, 4-3 <laughs> Dallas? This is crazy. Rope Hints got robbed. That was a flash of the leather there by Grubauer. That was one of the best saves that I've seen, considering the circumstance. Thankfully for Seattle fans and for Cooper, you can take a pause there in the play-by-play. -play. We're going to break. I don't know how this game is nothing-nothing. This just doesn't make sense. I know, and listen, I apologize to any of our listeners before or after, the, or during or after the fact, I should say. I truly don't mean to repeat myself. I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but man, oh man, I think John will back me up when I say, my goodness, uh, there have been more than a dozen golden chances. We're talking post-crossbars, highway robbery glove saves, pad saves, loose pucks in the paint. Uh, this thing could be high scoring right now, but Boy, it is still zilch, zilch, and it has been exhilarating, regardless of the fact that no pucks have gone in. Yes, it has been, and Ottinger, 
He's made a couple of saves too, but it seems like Grubauer right now, Cooper, is doing exactly what he has to do just to keep Seattle in this because right now from the last couple of saves, even from the Marchman setups there for Ben, for Sagan, for Rope Hints there, even Jason Robertson hit a post. All of Dallas's big boys are getting primetime scoring opportunities, and if you're Seattle, that cannot continue. Grubauer standing on his head. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, and, and as is uh, discussed almost every year when we hit the postseason, John, riding a hot goaltender is, is, is the recipe for success very often for playoff teams. But you can't let that be the, the only cornerstone of your game. And boy, uh, it is becoming more and more obvious that the big, big names, as John Odd just said, Sagan, uh, uh, Robertson, these guys, Ben, have been all over it. And they are going to close in. If they're not hitting the bullseye now, they will soon. So Seattle has to push back. They look to be getting a bit of a foothold. And then Dallas, to their credit, really pulled that rope back in this tug of war in this Game 7. So we'll see what happens right now as the puck's chipped in right there all the way to Onger. But Onger steps out of his crease and paddles the puck all the way back to neutral ice. It's picked up right there and then stolen. And here's the first goal of the game, John. Seconds after we've spoken into existence, a stolen puck at the blue line, and it's fired home. Dallas opens the scoring. A crucial moment in this Game 7. one nothing stars thanks to Rope Hintz. It was a long flip there, and it was Alexiak. He got his pocket picked. Rope hits with a perfect wrister, and we get the first goal of the game. Utter elation in Dallas. Absolutely. That's beautiful stuff. Alexiak has to uh, hang his head right there. All he needed to do was just stop the puck, get that solidly on his stick blade, and, uh, and, and make a choice, either outlet that thing to the near wall or, uh, or try to step aside the streaking hints. And hints, to his credit, not only makes the steal, he collects himself, he's alone in the offensive zone, and he fires. Where does he fire, John? Blocker side, because Grubauer has been flashing that glove tonight. You know he's not going to get beaten there, so he goes the opposite way and makes this thing one nothing. Man, oh man, we are now really in the mix here, and the towels are waving in Dallas. So Seattle, with Matty Beniers on the ice, now sends this one to the far side. That was Rope Hint's ninth goal of the playoffs. It'll go down as unassisted as Ottinger sees a shot come in from the far wall, and that thing uh, excuse me, handcuffed him just a bit. Luckily for the players in green, it bounces wide of the cage. Three minutes, 20 seconds to go here in the second period. Again, thanks to Rope Hint's, it is now one nothing Dallas. They are ever closer to moving on to face the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Final. That's what all these green-clad fans in the Lone Star State want this evening. But the visitors and their fans, and there are some in the arena tonight, they are looking for the opposite. So the team that scores first has won five games in this series, John, so that bodes well for Dallas tonight. Under three minutes to go here in the second. Seattle trying to make a push, trying to get this thing tied before they head back to the room. At center ice, it's Donato. He'll just touch this one back to Dunn. Dunn now has, excuse me, it's going to be on the far side with Larson. Now Dunn chips it forward. And that puck's going to be a little too far, John. Another icing. Seattle trying to find movement through the neutral zone. They can't contain it. in center ice, John. They just cannot hold possession. And so, yeah, we see the shot right here of Eberle. He fired one off the mask of Ottinger, so that's why he was handcuffed. In fact, he wasn't able to, able to get his hands on it. It hit him right between the eyes. you got to be careful here for your Seattle right now. You cannot concede another one in the dressing room. 
No, absolutely not. So two and a half minutes to go here in the second. And face off, something that John brought up earlier, a big struggle for the Kraken is there's a shot from the near circle that gets to Grubauer, but he gets the right pad down, turns it away, paddles it to the corner. Now it's going to be chipped forward through the neutral zone all the way to Tanev. Tanev is tripped up right there. Don't think there was any... Uh, illegal contact. He just blew a tire. Hits the end boards. He went down. Now Dallas comes the other way with it. Good job by Seattle to just sneak it back to neutral ice as Schwartz tried to tiptoe around one of the stars right there, but he couldn't hold the puck, and the puck goes up and off of the stick shaft into the stars' players' bench. So with 159 to go in the second, John, we get that close-up of Rope Hintz. He's the only goal scorer so far, and we get a slow-mo replay of him skating almost 200 feet, about 175 feet to make that play on the goal that he scored. Beautiful it, work. His ninth of the postseason, again, for all the big names. Rope Hintz doesn't seem to get mentioned as much, but his 200-foot game is spectacular as well. He's a complete player. Yeah, he certainly is, and uh, Seattle looks uh, a little, I don't want to say punch drunk at the moment, but they're trying to counter and really not able to do so. Dallas has brought their A game tonight. Uh, and this is becoming a scarier and scarier proposition. I know there's an entire period left to play, plus change, but Seattle's got to find something to grab hold of uh, if they want to change things in this contest. One nothing, Dallas. A minute and a half to go here in the second. The puck is on the stick of Jamie Oleksiak, which is what was the scenario when it was stolen by Rope Hintz, and then Hintz walked in to get that first and only goal of the game so far. Seattle trying to set up the stretch pass here. They get it to the red line at center ice, and it's moved along right there, being chased down. Now battled for in the near corner. It was Tolvanen down low. He's still battling for the puck along with Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's going to come to Yanni Gore. Now there's a slapper that was uh, a bit of a wobbler. kind of goes to the left of Ottinger on his glove side. It's going to be lifted up and out to Johnston, who taps this puck back to Jamie Benn. Now Jamie Benn back to Johnston. Johnston's going to take an angled shot that Grubauer saw all the way. And with 45 seconds to go here, Seattle has it in their own end and behind their own net. It is on the puck of Susie. Susie turns it over, and there's a shot. Not sure where the puck is, John. It was bouncing in front. Another turnover. Seattle kind of can't get out of their own way in their own end tonight, John. That's really been from almost the first shift of this game, a narrative that we will certainly talk about as we continue. 20 seconds to go here. 11 shots in this second period for Dallas, just six for Seattle. That means they have 15, while the Stars have 20, but... Most importantly, the Stars have the only goal tonight. Ten seconds to go here. Ty Cartier with the puck on his stick, able to get it to Beneers. And I thought that puck was going up and over the glass, but man, some very excited fans pounding on the plexiglass there. And the puck will bounce around in the Stars' end of the ice as time expires in the second period. Fans on their feet with good reason. The Stars are 20 minutes away, John, from moving on to the Western Conference Final against the Knights. They are up one nothing as we head to the break. Well, again, I didn't get a chance to call any goals. You only called one, but I feel like both of us have had a workout now. After two periods of play, this has been a breathtaking Game 7 between the Kraken and the Stars. What more can you say? Uh, it, that's a tough question. I thought you had me with the... Uh... Oilers versus Toronto, who would you take to, to ride to the Stanley Cup? Uh, that's a tough question, and even tougher. What more can we say about this Game 7 between the Stars and the Kraken, regardless of who comes out victorious tonight 
this has been one to remember. So many great opportunities, great work by both goaltenders. Nothing Grubauer could have done on that play. He's left out to dry, and the uh, the shot had it gone to the glove side. I have full confidence he would have made that save, but Hints smart enough to put it on the blocker, which uh, finds the back of the net, John. So that's where we are, one nothing, and only literally only one point in tonight's game because of that steal by Rope Hintz. The goal is unassisted, so uh, that's all we got. Not much to talk about. So when you ask, what else can you say? Well, that's all we got for you. Hey, guess what? Rope Hintz scored. The end. It's uh, 19 points for Rope Hintz in the postseason. The only person that has more is Connor McDavid, and he's not going to be able to add to those totals anymore as the Vegas Golden Knights eliminated them in Game 6. So look, if you're Dallas... You've had some opportunities. Mason Marchment was brilliant in that second period alongside, again, Rope Hintz scoring the goal. But he was able to set up Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, Jason Robertson in a post. He missed a couple opportunities. It seemed like it was only a matter of time, as we talk about throughout that second period for Dallas, to be able to get on the scoreboard and find something. Hell, they should feel really good about what they've done. And if I'm Dave Hextall on the back end of this, I'm going to remind my team that they're only down one nothing. What I'm seeing a little bit, again, I'm not reinventing the wheel when I say this, but I feel like I have to point out the obvious. They're just looking to try to get ahead of the zone a little bit too much. Again, I, I made that Manny Beneers quote when you're reading some of the stuff in the pregame for a reason. You know, you want to play fast. Well, it's good to play fast, but you also got to know who's behind you. You can't get the puck taken from you. You got to make sure you transition from zone to zone and you have the close support. Seattle's just got pressed a little bit in their own end. They've coughed up some pucks where we could make the argument that this could easily be a couple goals for Seattle, but Dallas could have three or four. So Seattle's got to be a little bit more patient getting in from zone to zone. Remind themselves they've got 20 minutes more to work with here, at least in regulation. They're only down one, and get more chances that way. They can't just go 100 miles an hour up and down the ice. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you've, you've assessed things really well, John. You, you know, you've been doing so much coverage and you've seen so much hockey. Uh, it, it's great to hear your thoughts on it. Um, you know, you really, you really crystallize what, what I have been seeing as well and make it uh, easy to convey. And that's something that I completely agree with. It looks like the Kraken are just pressing a little bit there. I mean, listen, you need some desperation in, in times like this. Um, but the Stars are playing with a bit of a more foundational understanding of their strategy. They know what they want to do. They're executing it. And the Kraken, I think, uh, after having been pushed around a little bit in the first period, are, um, are scrambling a bit more to get back to their game plan, uh, and they're not really able to get a, a good hold of it. And that's not a great feeling. But um, I think adding on to what you just said, it's, it's time to adapt. If you're not able to uh, fully execute whatever you came into the game expecting to be able to do, uh, it's time to adjust. If not now, in the third period of a game seven, down by one, um, then when? You know, now is the time, and I believe that Dave Axtall can, can and will do that. And listen, it's only a one-goal game here. It's, uh, it could change with the bounce, a greasy goal, something fluky could happen. That's the way hockey is. Um, you know, you'd much rather be at uh, a play like Rope Hintz's where it's just a, a flash of skill uh, and finishing. But uh, however the Kraken have to do it, they will, they'll do as much as, as possible to try to get this thing tied, uh, if not take the lead. Yeah, because I love the effort and intensity, but again, as you said, and what we just talked about and brushed on, 
you got to play with a level head on that time. So when you're playing, you're running around with a chip when your head cut off, that's not going to work out. When we know that Seattle's at their best when they're scrappy, and that's good to have. But they just got to make sure they keep more of those open lanes and get poised as they can work their way into the zone. Again, it's only a one-goal game, as you said. Dallas 7-0 and when leading after two periods, and the Seattle Kraken 0-4. for We will see if that continues. As Rope hints, I'm going to be honest with you, he scored one of the most beautiful goals that I've ever seen, especially in a Game 7. Yeah, there have been plenty of moments to talk about, remember the highlights that we will see for, I'm, I'm sure, a long time, especially uh, for both of these fan bases in particular, but uh, in general. And man, oh man, it's kept both of us on our toes, regardless of the fact that it hasn't been high scoring. Um, there's been so much action, and that speaks to both these teams understanding the situation. It's going to take individual efforts like the one we saw from number 24, Ropa Hinson Green. Uh, we're seeing the, uh, the ESPN intermission show right now and getting great looks at him just moving his feet. Oleksiak just not expecting to have somebody right up on him, and that's Ropa Hintz making a huge difference in this game. And uh, right now he's got the GWG if it were to, if it were to end at this moment. Uh, what a massive goal that would be in Dallas Stars history. I know these fans are clamoring for a matchup with the uh, Golden Knights. In fact, I wonder what Vegas is thinking right now, looking at both of these teams. And uh, I'm sure they're very, very confident in having just taken down the vaunted Edmonton Oilers. But uh, whoever comes out of this round two, John, to face Vegas, uh, it's not going to be an easy matchup for the Knights. No, and I'm confident whether it's Eastern Conference Finals coverage for us or Western Conference Finals. Whatever we cover on that side, we're going to get a damn good matchup in the Final Four when it's all said and done after tonight. Oh, yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, I'm already uh, very excited uh, about the matchup between the Hurricanes and the Panthers. Um, you know, at this point, you've heard the narrative a little bit. It's almost like, are the Panthers that team of destiny this year? Uh, listen, they're scrappy. They found their way to the playoffs, and they uh, they hit their stride at exactly the right time. And Carolina looks fantastic. They got a little bit of, of a pushback, a little bump from the Devils. We thought that New Jersey might turn that series around, but Carolina said, no, no, no. No, no, no. The Devils are the Devils. We're the Hurricanes, uh, and, and we know what to do. They did exactly what they needed to, took care of business. Uh, yeah, that Eastern Conference final is going to be a great one. Um, and, man, John, that's uh, to our point. I think this Western Conference final as well. Uh, the Stars are certainly deserving of it. The way the Kraken have played, if they're able to pull it out tonight, they are deserving of it. It's not a fluke. If the Kraken come back, I don't care if they score the goals. I don't care how they happen, barring something where we have, you know, deep controversy with, uh, you know, goals called back. And listen, we've seen that happen as well. Or, you know, rules violations or some video evidence of something, right? It's all hypotheticals. But these teams are deserve to be where they are. Uh, and the Knights are going to have a challenge no matter what. Again, I, you know what, honestly, if I had to go ahead and give predictions, I'm just glad we're still in the middle of this Game 7 because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I feel if it's Dallas and Vegas, I still think Dallas can go to the Stanley Cup Final, but I know that's going to sound like to some Vegas fans that I'm picking against them. When, in fact, I only picked against them with the Winnipeg Jets because I thought of the personnel. I definitely thought that they were going to handle Edmonton, and they did. But, man, oh, man, if we do get a Dallas-Vegas on that side, that's going to be incredible because the goaltending, you think, is going to match one thing. But Vegas, the way they've been able to roll out all four lines, I mean, forget about it. And if it is Seattle and Vegas, I think we could get a series that's going to at least go six or seven games. 
Yeah, and you know, and, and aside from the the interest I have in Seattle and the and the way I feel about them as a franchise, you know, I am just curious to see what would happen between these two most recent expansion teams. I mean, there's a a great narrative there as well as we talked about uh, before in our broadcast tonight. Vegas has really set the new standard. The Kraken are trying to follow that and set one of their own. And what better way to uh, to see, to, you know, kind of to get the litmus test of where these franchises are than to, to pit them against each other. It would be fascinating. You know, it's interesting too, Cooper, on this side. I, I know some fans might not agree with this, but we've seen Vegas now. They're in their sixth season. We know that they've been going in for the all-in pushes ever since they lost in the inaugural season in 2018 to Alex Ovechkin and the Caps. But they've been going all-in. And this maybe feels like that this is Vegas's last push and last real true shot at this thing. Yeah, you know it's it's so it's so wonderfully fascinating. I mean, this is this is what draws us in. It's the I mean, obviously we're here to watch each game and, and to see how things unfold. But it's kind of that longer narrative, that higher level narrative about about teams and, and where they stand and the old the old saying, you know, the window, right? Is their window open? Yeah. How how wide open is their window? Um, is now the moment for the Knights. You know, they, they certainly had it in their first season and they've been right around it for many, many years, most of the years of their existence. Uh, but is now the sort of the peak of the mountain for them. Uh, they're obviously close yet again. They're, they're, they basically have a... A standing reservation in the Western Conference Final, and is, uh, is this the time for them to not only get to the Stanley Cup Final, but also win it? Um, yeah, there's so much to talk about. It's going to be really exciting stuff. And I'm going to flip back real quickly because I know we touched on the east side. I want to get our thoughts on that side. What's really impressed me about the Carolina Hurricanes, now they said Tivo and he might be nearing a return, maybe even Game 2 or Game 1. I think that's going to start Thursday on that side, and the Western Conference Finals will start Friday, so there'll be some basketball interim for me. But on that end, Carolina, they just seem to get it done on their defensive end. And what I mean is whether or not it's uh, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Brent Burns, they can get a lot of goals from that D-line side. And that's going to be a really good matchup because when you think about it on the other end, where are your goals from Florida? Well, we know about Verhage, Kachuk, Listerine, and some of those other players like that, but it's going to be the offensive forwards versus Carolina's defensive end scoring goals. I think that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, of course, and I've mentioned this before, and we've uh, worked together, and, and you know it very well. You probably already know what I'm about to say. I'll have my eyes on uh, on Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett, former Calgary Flames, and of course, they uh, they are making a major impact for the Panthers, and a big reason why both of them are a big reason why they are where they are now in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, so, okay, deep down, of course, professionalism first, but I'll be I'll be maybe just uh, just a slight lean toward the Sunshine State. Um, but it's no matter what, it's just about you know skill and excitement. I would be just as happy watching the Knights play the Hurricanes as the Kraken playing the Panthers or the Stars playing the Hurricanes. I mean, you could go down the list, John. It's going to be really, really fantastic either way. Yeah, if I had to forecast something that I would like to watch, again, no disrespect, I'm just going to throw that out there. As far as my Stanley Cup Finals, I'd be very intrigued. Whether or not whoever wins this series, I'd like to see them get to the final. I'll throw that out there. But I want to throw Florida and whoever wins this series to get into the final. I think that that would be pretty excellent. Yeah, 
Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll admit, since you you were the brave one, you took the full leap off the diving board into the prediction pool. Um, I would go that way as well. I mean, uh, I think the Panthers are a, a, just a great story uh, in this playoff year, and the Kraken, if they were able to pull this thing off uh, tonight and move forward, I would love to see that matchup. Uh, and if not this year, I mean, I think that uh, the Kraken have shown that they are they are here. They're here to play and. I don't imagine that even if they're knocked out tonight, they're going to be going anywhere. you got to think they're going to continue to make some noise in the Western Conference. Yeah, no matter what happens, again, I think that's a great point by you. Again, this is a Game 7, so one of these teams is going to be going home. But there's not going to be any sort of post-mortem here for the Seattle Kraken. They, ever, they weren't even supposed to have their window opening. And, oh, by the way, they're still going to be able to introduce Shane Wright next year. Yeah, absolutely, and he's uh, he's gotten even more experience since making his uh, NHL debut, and he, he looked good, but, uh, you know, you can see the youth and the inexperience, and uh, he's been building his game, and, and that's going to be another really excellent piece for them to add to their lineup, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun on that side, and when we get into it, because we got all of our hockey reset, I'm not going to give you baseball scores here today, but we don't have any basketball to deal with, but we do have our finals and the, the conference finals at least sit up, and it's kind of like bubble playoffs from a couple of years ago because it's the same teams. It's going to be the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference and the Denver Nuggets and the L.A. Lakers. And honestly, I'll just say this to you, Cooper, I can't believe even in year 20, LeBron is back there again. And I think the Lakers have a legit shot to go to the NBA Finals. You might see a classic Celtics-Lakers one more time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of uh, not only basketball fans, but just sports fans in general are wanting to see. Um, those legendary years between the Celtics and, and Lakers live on, and they, they may have a new chapter in that, in that very thick book of matchups. Um, and it would be it'd be really exciting, especially after the play that we saw 51 points from Tatum, the way LeBron has rejuvenated himself and lifted the Lakers up in that play of Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah, there are tons of narratives there as well. So if we're not talking about action on the ice, then we can go to the hardwood. And, man, it's been a great playoff year for these, uh, these sports both ways. Yeah, we're going to get a chance to check out some of the stuff on the hardwood Tuesday and Wednesday as... NHL will resume on Thursday, Friday, between the Eastern Conference beginning first. And I will say this, I know that there is some disrespect sometimes, but Doc Rivers, his records in Game 7s for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and everything else, I think he's like now 0 for 5. But what I didn't understand was when he got into the last four and a half minutes of Game 6, Philadelphia's got the big lead, and Joel Embiid, the MVP, doesn't even get a touch. I knew as soon as they went to Game 7 back in TD Garden in Boston, it, it was done for Philadelphia. That's got to be a huge disappointment. Yeah, and that game was, uh, as far as Game 7s go, that's definitely the other end of the spectrum. Right. I, obviously, I know we're talking about different sports, but um, we're talking about the comparison between a night like tonight that we're experiencing, which is edging your seat stuff basically from puck drop. and. Pretty much from tip-off there, I mean, that game was close for a very short period of time, but really never in doubt. And, I mean, that's, you, know, you think about the fans in the arena, that's, that's, that's something special to experience when your team, obviously if you're rooting for Boston, just takes care of business and has really no hurdle to, uh, to get over. But wouldn't you like a little bit more drama? I mean, that was the, the big piece <laughs> missing in that game seven. Uh, the Celtics ran away with that thing. 
Yeah, it's one of those situations, and again, it doesn't extend from sport to sport, but when you're thinking about goals as far as points, we understand that the hockey games can be a little bit more close. Again, the matchups are great, but I would want a little more entry considering you're paying about $600, $700 a ticket when you're in TD Garden in Boston. Yeah, no question about it. And I mean, hey, it's not like the uh, the NHL playoff tickets are cheap either. So uh, those folks who are lucky enough to be there in Dallas tonight to see that thing firsthand, definitely getting their money's worth. Uh, those in Massachusetts, a uh, couple nights, yeah, you might have more of an argument. Uh, maybe maybe a, a, a little coupon back, a little a little refund. But no, it's uh, that was a, a great game and, and just true dominance by the Celtics. And they are absolutely a force to be reckoned with if they can even stay close to that level of play. Well, folks, I hope that you're all getting ready because they're showing some of the highlights here in between this game. There's been some excellent saves by Philip Grubauer. There's also been some posts. Cooper, I'll be here with you if you want me to take this or if you want to finish it off. We're going to begin into the third period of a Game 7. And yet again, you and I have to go through this one more time with Seattle. They love Game 7s. they got to win against the Avalanche. But the Dallas Stars are mean in business, but it's still one nothing. Yep, it absolutely is uh, a nail-biter. It's close here. The Stars have looked so, so good, but the Kraken are right in it. Uh, in large part, thanks to Grubauer, this thing has not gotten away from them. Uh, the, the stats are not in their favor, my friend. Uh, the the Stars are so good after having lead, uh, a lead after two periods. The Kraken, not as much. So things will have to flip. The tables will have to turn. Will they? That's what we're about to find out. And uh, John Ott, you have uh, done so much of the work, my friend. You've earned it. If you're ready for it, I'd say take it away. All right, we'll see what happens. If we get to OT, maybe we'll flip it on that side too. Who knows? I don't think there's going to be too many more goals scored, but it's paramount that Seattle gets the very next one. I'll just throw it out like that as bodies continue to hit the floor here. Rope hints he was the lone goal scorer as this is now toward the left wing side. This is a crazy flip by Seattle, but they'll keep it in. Larson will take the bomb in off the kick plate, but this will be recollected now by Robo. He's able to get to his feet. And they'll just chip this one back down the ice. Maybe Larson, he wasn't too uh, nonchalant with that puck, but Robertson will get a chance to get it now for Pavelski as he'll flip this back around. Esselandell will catch it. He'll fire it right on. Grubauer didn't have anybody in front of him. He saw it all the way. We get a stoppage with 19-14. Yep, uh, I think that's good to see. I know it's not much to uh, write home about, but just a simple save for Grubauer. Get him uh, out of the dressing room, back into the flow of the game. And uh, again, this is a Stars team that is 7-0 when leading, 7-0 when leading after two, and the Kraken 0-4 when trailing after two. That is in this postseason. So again, things are really going to have to flip on their heads here as we get that close up of Dave Axtall. He's got a bit of a concerned look on his face, as I'm sure many Kraken fans do uh, across the Kraken Nation, if you will. But this is uh, some big stuff here, John. We're just getting started in the third. Dallas inching ever closer to getting to that Western Conference final matchup. Yes, they are. Matty Beniers couldn't win, and it's turned over, and this gets deflected. Hit off a body in front, and Jamie Ben's bid will be a neutral zone draw upcoming. Yeah, well, I'm just getting to look at it right here because of the delay, uh, and the stars pick up right where they left off, even though they haven't had any uh, really high-danger chances. Of course, we're only about a minute in here, so certainly no judgment on that on that front but uh yeah the stars able to gain possession able to get themselves in places where they have options uh and and seattle 
really having to push off the back foot, defend first and try to transition, Seattle's got to find a way to get on the front foot, John. So we've seen the strategy very early here with 1835 in the third. It's traffic out in front, wristers and screens against Grubar as a couple of those go wide. Oliver Bjorkstrand will try to get this off the windmill deke as this bounces away from Ellie Tolvanen. Schultz with a ripper, and this goes off the left side of the wall as Tolvanen will slam it, and Yanni Gord will watch this spin around him as Seattle just keeps this in with Schultz as this is picked up down near the right side dot. And here are the Dallas Stars with Max Domi. He'll look to go right to left with a long flip, and the victory green jerseys and the black pants. Seattle in the road whites with the black pants and the teal around the legs as this is flipped in the players' bench. What I do want to say this, I know it's a small note, but Dallas fans are going to be happy that this game started at 8 Eastern because some of these other late games, you see some of the building leave because these guys got to go to work in a weeknight. <laughs> Good point, John. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, it, is, uh, it is Monday evening, and it's, a, it's certainly a special one if you are a, a Kraken and Stars fan. Man, I keep seeing this replay of the Hints goal. What a huge moment right now is the game winner. So much on the line here. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating finish. And we'll be able to keep the discussion going because a long flip goes right to Grubauer and he makes the save. But yes, it is. And again, we do need to see that Seattle push. If you're a Seattle fan, you're certainly going to want that. Dallas has had this on the front foot. And some of the things that we talk about in the second intermission, it's just small little cleanups the other way for Seattle. There's still so much time left with 17.57 in the third. But they've got to find a way to get some more puck position to get started. Yeah, no question about it. It's just, uh, it, it, this is one of the sports cliches. You just got to stick with the fundamentals. You know, don't uh, don't get beyond what your responsibilities are. Support your teammates and, and work as hard as you can. I think that's where Seattle has to start. Again, they have not been blatantly outplayed in this thing, but the Stars have just controlled play more often than not. Seattle's got to try to uh, find a way to change that story. Yes, they do. As this gets taken away by Seattle now, Hints pass gets picked off, and now Robertson will mix it up with Foxes. So Peter DeBoer has adjusted all the lines sure to keep everybody fresh. And Jamie Alexiak, he'll be a minus on that side. He got pock picketed by Rope Hints, and that was the only goal off a gorgeous move. Ty Cartier, backhanded pass there from Eddie Beneers. Seattle just keeps this in. Left side blue line, but it goes into the crowd, not a play. Uh, John, just stepping away for one moment. I'll be right back on. Just not as long as the previous one. Just a second. No problem. As we're looking at Miro Haskinen now in the full mask, they're showing some of the heavy hitters there with Robertson. You get a chance to look at uh, Wenberg and Oliver Bjorkstrand, multiple goals. Jaden Shorts, as ESPN wants to pan all the way across for some of these heavy hitters. Haskinen at 22 minutes of ice time, as this is recollected off the defensive zone draw win, and Robertson. Almost gets taken down by himself. He blew a tire, but he's able to flip this one. As Susie hits it off the outside of the cage, he gets Grubauer. He tried to clear it. That was almost a disaster. And now Seattle, off the forefront, get taken down for the wrist shot opportunity. As Haskinen will play this off the window. And Mason Marchman, good backhanded setup. Boy, has he been all over in here for the Stars. As Susie now, here for Justin Schultz. Schultz. We'll get this in across the blue line. Now he gains the red as he'll flip this in as Ottinger will play this with the stick. Sent this back around for Joel Kiravanta. And now Jimmy Ben, the captaincy 
Almost lost it to Yanni Gord, former Tampa Bay Lightning man. And again, as Wyatt Johnston gets it loose, here's Jamie Benn. Wrist shot goes way wide off the left side of the boards. Vince Dunn with a stick chop, able to pry the vulcanized rubber loose. And this goes back here for Yanni Gord. Flipping pass in across the red line. Backhanded pass for Bjorkstrand. Doesn't work, but Seattle gets on side. This goes off the left side of the boards. Just bounces back in front of Ottinger as Dallas will try to send this the other way. 15.55 left to go in the third. John out here with you alongside Cooper Hopkins. I'm taking in this third period. If we get to OT, we might flip again on this side because this game's been uh, too good to just be carried by one. I'm glad to have Cooper Hopkins with me, especially in games like these. It's the second game seven we've done in this playoffs. As Esselindell, he was just watching as Mason Marchman gets a chance to recollect now from Morgan Geeky calmly off the backhand and he'll play this back to Schultz. Here's a good breakout pass from 50 feet. It's Tanev off the half spin trying to center this right out in front. Now Ryan Donato in behind the cage of Ottinger but good press by Dallas in their own end. They've been really smart about getting this puck out and when Seattle's had chances they've just been closed down quickly. Dallas has closed out the space and winning a lot of these games. I know that sounds obvious but Seattle is known to have a lot of puck possession and Dallas not letting them get any of it as this is Joe Pavelski now and toward the left side red line this is flipped in around the boards as Vince Dunn former St. Louis Blue will play this one here for the former Edmonton Oiler and Adam Larson Larson now He's still got it in behind the cage of Grubauer he makes this pass to Dunn but this is an easy pass to be read there by Roddick Foxa as he'll have to recollect here Ty Karchi will pry it loose here for the Michigan man Manny Veneers a little bit of a Dangerous pass as players come together in between the neutral zone. It's an opportunity now off the backhand as this is recollected now for Veneers. He'll try to locate this, but it's Roddick Foxa right in the middle of the slot. It was Luke Glendening. Again, he's a fourth liner for the reason, but he still got open in the middle of the slot. And good save by Grubauer as we get a stoppage with 1429. Yeah, John, this has just been more of the same here, uh, and I'm not saying that the third period has been boring by any stretch. It's it's more of the exciting same for the Dallas Stars, and the Kraken are still just trying to get themselves really, and I mean, they have, are obviously in this game at one nothing, but just trying to get into a rhythm to find some legitimate offense. Yeah, they need to, because eventually when you get to the halfway mark, you're going to start running on a time, and it just feels like Dallas is... Had this puck, and there's more stars on the ice than there is Kraken. As Jamie Benn, he gets held up a little bit by Jaden Shorts, and this will allow Dallas to race all the way down. But Ottinger is going to go ahead and play. He'll calmly leave this back to his defense, and this bounces off of Schultz. Seattle will catch a break, and then they turn it right over. Shorts does, as Jamie Benn has it now. And across the red line now, it'll be a race for the puck for Carson Soucy. But we'll try not to bank this off the outside of the cage, as Jamie Benn centers it in front. But Seattle was there, goes off a body in between the middle of the slot now, and the left side of the faceoff dot, as this is flipped. Chance now for Shorts off the stick lift as this will bounce back with a cross pass. 13.40 left to go in this third. 23 shots on goal to 15 for Seattle. The shot attempts heavily favor unofficially Dallas, though, on that side. As this is sent back in, Sagan trying to pry it loose, and now Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's one on four. He's able to gain the zone nonetheless, so he'll just wrap this around the inboards. Ottinger will take a look at it, but this bounces off of a Seattle skate, and Yanni Gord... 
as this is near the left side of the boards now, and Dallas might get to this. And here's a back pass, but Dallas running on a gas there with Max Domi. This is a chance now. Yanni Gore going to drop this one back up. Good save by Ottinger. He wanted to play it, but this bounced out in front of the Stars. This just got cleared right in front of the net. Oliver Bjorkstrand in a battle now alongside Tolvanen. This bounces off of Tolvanen and the referee, but it can't be held in by Alexiak. He wishes he could do better there, but this will go back into the defensive end and now into the neutral. Seattle still with this as this will be sent back here for Bjorkstrand and now the defensive circles for the left side. Seattle with an outstretched pass again, but it does not hit. They've been doing that a lot in this game, and it's just not there right now as this is flipped by Haskinen. Now Robertson, get this one across. Rope hints, he's got the golden goal right now. Backhanded opportunity, and Grubauer makes the save. Yeah, John, here we are again with a sequence ending in a save by Philip Grubauer. And the Kraken, throughout the last stoppage to this one, have they really had anything notable, right, that kind of gets our voices raised, that raises our eyebrows, gets the, anything raised, the heart rate raised? Not necessarily. The Stars still driving forward in that respect. Uh, Seattle is starting now to, I don't want to say run out of time, but you pointed it out, the clock now becoming an enemy as well. It kind of feels like Dallas is driving a bus, and on the other side you're driving a, a Honda Fit, if you're uh, the Seattle Kraken, what I mean by that is you're just dictating play, and you can just run everybody else right over right now. And if you allow the play to continue to be dictated, Dallas can comfortably, I think, win this game one nothing from what we're seeing right now. Yeah, no, I love the analogy. I mean, hey, you can get where you want to go in a Honda Fit, but if you're going up against a bus... If the bus is in the left turn lane and you're trying to merge over, uh, good luck with that one. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, the fit's smaller. Maybe they can find a way to sneak in. We will find out. And we got to find something here for uh, Seattle because Cooper and I keep pressing on this for a reason. And, again, it's not like the game has been so far away from Seattle. That's why we keep going back to it's just a one nothing. But they've not been able to get to their game. As cliche as that's going to be, I can guarantee you, if the scoreline is going to stay where it is and you want to listen to some post-game quotes, Dave Hextall, I could bet you a million dollars, he's just going to say we didn't get to our game tonight. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, listen, we can only react to what we have in front of us, John, and that is a one nothing lead for the Stars, and that's a tough pill to swallow when you think about all the skill on the Kraken roster. You know, you can't find a way to just get one in. I mean, listen, I know you're facing Andrew, who's arguably the best goaltender uh, left in these playoffs. That's it. Still, tough pill to swallow if you're going to lose it by one. Yeah, we're watching some of these saves. Again, there's been some chances out in front, but you got to test Jake a little more, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And listen, I'm not advocating necessarily for going the Flames approach and just firing at will from the blue line. You know, still trying to develop something in the Ozone, but you got to get to the Ozone first, and you can't just spend 10 seconds at a time. You need to uh, get those 30, 40 second plus uh, windows in the Ozone to really put pressure on the Stars defense and their goaltender. Yes, you do. And uh, it's Suter back the other way. As This was around the blue paint for a little bit, but this will be a chance now for Dallas to get the possession. Now, here's a chance into the neutral zone as Seattle's able to force a steal. 
Now you just got to get set up here and toward the right side of the wall. This will be a chip and chase. Now Shorts will send this back around the inboards here. As Seattle are going to try to throw this back to their defense and get started. But here's Dallas one more time. The scoring chances are just 16-5. to 5, So that's going to tell you this game's gone completely one way. Even though the scoreline is just one nothing, as Vince Dunn will recollect. We're getting pretty close here. The halfway marker of this third period. And eventually that clock is going to... Strike midnight, and the Cinderella run is going to run out here for Seattle. They don't kind of change their business here. As this is flipped back around, and they can't hold the blue line. So, Will Borgen's going to have to go back. Shots are now 5-1 to one for Dallas in this third. It was 11-6 to six in the second and 9-9 nine nine in the first. So, Dallas has been all over this right now. As this is flipped back in, Wenberg will try to find it now with Jared McCann. Jared McCann, again, since the injury, has been a little bit silent, but we know that he can definitely break through. He scored 40 goals in the regular season. As this is an opportunity that goes off of the right pad of Jake Ottinger, but it can't be deflected. McCann was there, but the puck went past him. Sent back down the ice for Jamie Alexiak as we get a very obscure angle. I think this is the one in behind the meshing of the net. And now an extreme close-up on Jamie Alexiak as the fans are rising up to their feet right now. They're taking a look at this as Jake Ottinger will get a chance to recollect this one. And around the net now with Evgeny Dodonov and now Jamie Ben. Ben will get this one turned over as this will fall back to Yanni Gord. And Seattle will look to start again in their own end. And if I'm repeating myself, that's because I am on that side because Seattle can't get in the offensive end consistently. And now Bjorkstrand. Here's a clear there for Jamie Benn, and now it's Justin Schultz, the former Stanley Cup champion for the Washington Capitals, trying to center it out in front to Dallas, but this is picked off. Seattle, they've got the possession. Oliver Bjorkstrand will send a wrist shot ripper. That one goes wide. Ty Cartier is out there right now with Bjorkstrand, so Dave Hextall trying everything. Vince Dunn faked the slap shot, sent back around for Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord now off the backhand, but this gets blocked into the right side of the red line. It gets sent around the horn here for Larson. Larson into the trees. It was saved by the left pad of Jake Ottinger. As we're down to 9.30 left to go in this third. It's game seven. Whoever wins this one is going to be playing the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals. As this is iced against Dallas. Well, a lengthy sequence for you there, John. Uh, and excellent job, my friend, as always. Uh, but listen, uh, we asked each other, what more can we say? about the game uh, when we were in our second intermission, and now I pose that question in, in a similar but uh, uh, ever so slightly different way, because what more can we say about the Dallas Stars and how they've approached this contest, and that they've really been able to keep the Kraken at arm's length. The Kraken are, and that is to mean the Kraken are close, but aren't able to get close enough, and it's hard not to think back since we were talking about uh, this one goal margin here. If the scoring had been opened by Jamie Oleksiak, uh, he would have had much different fortunes just personally in this game. He rings one off of the post to Ottinger's glove side, uh, and then later in the game, uh, with that goal not on the board, he then has the turnover that results in the only goal of the contest. So uh, I guess it's fitting that it's, that it's uh, hinging on the former star and current Kraken, but uh, this game could have gone another way had that goal for Oleksiak gone in. Yes, it could. As we get another stoppage here, as Ottinger will cover up the puck, we might also get a commercial break as well, maybe. But on that side, I want to think about this too, because if you're Dallas, you've been in some high-scoring games with Seattle, because again, we talk about their 
pace of play that they like to have. But Dallas was also one of the better defensive teams. Again, that's no surprise when you got Miro Haskin and Jake Ottinger. They've been a great power play team, a great penalty kill team, a good even strength team, good on draws. I mean, Dallas is about as complete as you can get on this side. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, it, you know, they've built from the back end out. They have Jake Ottinger, who is rock solid, and that decor. Um, you know, that's an interesting matchup for me. I don't want to project ahead, and by no means am I thinking this game is over. But uh, I'm just as excited about the goal-scoring prospects as the uh, – or, excuse me, the defensive prospects as the goal-scoring if it were to be a Golden Knights and Stars matchup. So Mason Marshman sets up Tyler Sagan on a two-on-one, and that was a tremendous save for Grubauer. As Seattle still keeps it one nothing. this will fall back to Jake one more time. It'll be another offensive zone draw. Well, John, and I apologize because of the delay. I don't mean to uh, step all Good. over you. Uh, we'll, I'll try to keep things a little less long-winded. Um, but Grubauer, listen, let's make it official at this point. Grubauer is now... Uh, formally, officially, uh, legally keeping the Kraken in this yes. thing, keeping him within striking distance. Yeah, he's been the best uh, Seattle Kraken on the ice. And again, that's not disingenuous. You need goaltending at this time of year. And we will definitely, regardless of what happens with Seattle, you got to give Philip Grubauer his supreme props. He's been terrific. And this is, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, John, I was going to say, um, no, I 100% agree with you. I expect more of the same as we get to the final stages of this one, but someone, anyone on the Kraken, be the hero. Who will it be if anyone? We'll find out. Jordan Eberle now gains the entry in full flight. He shoots it wide. He was going for a five-hole opportunity. Manabineer's pass. This one will get picked off, and now it's Roddick Foxes. You'll live a grind line here for Dallas. But again, they can get it done. You mix it up between everybody. You got Joel Kiravante and on forward, but he loses it here to Maddie. Maddie now off the backhand. He's trying to be able to skate in full flight as he continues to drag that puck. It gets gloved down. Here's an active stick for Tolvanen, but he can't find it clean. And now Oliver Bjorkstrand gets taken down. And as you imagine, these whistles will continue to be swallowed. I know Dallas has been up in arms about all of that, but now they seem to be forgetting about that because they're up by one. It's still one nothing. Cooper Hopkins called the only goal of the game. It was courtesy of a Rope hint steal off Jamie Alexiak, the former star. As this is sent back now, Alexiak can't find it. This goes back around the boards now for the victory green jerseys. Here's a breakout opportunity. This is going to work for Johnson. Scores! What a goal and what a pass. The 20-year-old gets a 2-0 lead for Dallas. My goodness, John. What more can we say? That has been the question of the night. That is a fantastic play by the youth movement uh, for the Dallas Stars. And dare we say, I think based on the way this game has gone, that may be the nail, as the saying goes. Still just a two-goal lead. But, John, after this night, it seems like Dallas is destined to match up with the Golden Knights in the Western Conference Final. Man, he lifted that thing off the right shoulder of Grubauer and off his back. That was a design clear. Johnston beat everybody to the puck. And when you're talking about all those youngsters, I know they mentioned Jason Robertson a lot. 
Don't forget, Wyatt Johnston made this team because he beat out Logan Stankovan out of the Canada side. As Jim Nell drafted him, they gave the opportunity for the 19-year-old, now the 20-year-old. He's ran with it. He's got his fourth goal of the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Electric stuff. And uh, I, you, you have to tip your cap. The Stars came into this game, and from the jump, they have been the stronger squad. This is well-deserved. Now there's still time left. The Kraken have to dig as far down into the bag as they can go. They've got to find some magic, and they don't have a lot of time to do it. 6.40 left to go in the third. Will the wide Johnston goal be the definitive one? Seattle's just had trouble getting their offense going. Again, Dallas has been the only team right now, even though this is Game 7, that's kind of consistently challenged that. Only the Avalanche in Game 6 made Seattle look a little average on offense, but Dallas has done this consistently now. You can mark this for the fourth game, and it takes four wins. Dallas trying to get halfway to the postseason, and they want to match up with another expansion team in the Vegas Golden Knights, but Seattle's not done yet with 6.05 left to go in the third. They've got to get this next goal, however, as Jamie Benn gains the entry off the backhand. Here's a drop pass, and this goes off the pad of Grubauer near the right side of the red line. Matty Beneers, first line's right back out there for Dave Hextel's squad. It feels like they're grasping at straws. they got to find something here as Dallas... They get a chance off of a stick check as Eberle try to pressure Haskinen now, and it will force Dallas in deep. Ty Cartier can't find it, and now Evgeny Dodonov will get this into the neutral zone as this will go back to Maddie. Maddie off the skate of Jordan Eberle as now it's an opportunity for Will Borgen and across the red line as you get the Let's Go Stars chance. And now Miro Haskinen off the long flip with 5.20 left to go on the third. This is a bad bounce. Grubauer is going to have to play this one, and he does with the goal stick, but it's still very busy and behind his office as this is picked up into the neutral zone by Dallas and recollected as the fans are standing here. I'm trying to get my sight lines. Oliver Bjorkstrand's passed too far, and now Roddick Foxa will chip it in. Every time Dallas gets another goal, what Peter DeBoer does is throw that fourth line back up there with Roddick Foxa because you know he's defensively responsible. Got a lot of confidence in that line. Try to center it off Ottinger's back, but this will go now here for Yanni Gord. Here's a pass of the slot, and that one goes wide as this is picked up now. Sent back around the net, Bjorkstrand trying to put it through the blue paint, but Gord got stick lifted, and now it's Marchment. He'll flip this one down, but it goes in the player's bench. That was awfully close for Seattle. Might have been their best chance. But Ottinger, he was able to take a breath. Yeah, John, you know what? That may have been the moment. It's almost as if that must have been a goal. It's it's something that the Kraken may look back on. You know, obviously not a, an A1 chance. It, it was a, a decent chance. Yanni Gorbut effort, but that might have needed to go in to have the Kraken really still have a heartbeat here. Yeah, I don't know how many more opportunities, Cooper, especially off the rush that they're going to get. You talk about off-the-rush chances in this game, and they've heavily favored Dallas on that end. But when you get these opportunities, I know it's kind of been a premium in this game. They've actually not been converted too many times between both of these teams. There's been a lot of posts and a lot of uh, misplays. Yeah, and it's... Um... You know, I think, like we were saying a, a few breaks ago, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. It would have been at a, a one-goal deficit, of course, two goals now. 
But uh, to not get anything on the board, that's pretty rare for the Kraken, who have scored first in their games in this playoff run so frequently um, and are, are used to finding the net. Um, and listen, they have, they've lost a couple games very handily, but they usually are able to score, but they're just running into a team that's coalescing at the right time. Ottinger and the, and the boys in front of them just locking things down at home on their home ice. And, uh, and this is going to be a, a tough pill to swallow if it finishes this way, but Kraken can still hold their heads, heads high. Yes, they can, no matter what happens. But now I have to ask you this critical question, because we talk about face-offs for a reason. This one's still a little closer. Seattle's done better on this side as the game's going along. It's 25-18, but it's 4:35 left to go here in this third. I know we're usually thinking about the 3-3-30 minute marker to try to pull a uh, goalie here on this side and get Grubauer out, but you got to get the puck possession first. Yeah, and that uh, has not happened all night long, but I think uh, regardless... Uh, because of the stakes, Dave Haxtell has to consider any anything inside four minutes, get Grubauer back to the bench, get that extra attacker out. You know what? All you can lean on is that the Seattle Kraken looked very good. They had extended offensive opportunities and zone time when they had an extra attacker on a delayed penalty in the first period. So you can hang your hat on that, if nothing else. Absolutely on that side, as you're looking at the former Red Wings assistant GM, Jim Nill. Again, when you get everybody in the 2017 draft between Ottinger, Robertson, and Haskin, and you get all three of them and get Robertson in the second round, that is why Dallas are where they are. Alongside draft and Rope, hints late. They've absolutely nailed it. Seattle's just got two shots in this period. So lockdown mode for Dallas it is with 425 left to go in this third. It's picked up now across the red line, but this will be an opportunity for Tyler Sagan. Again, maybe he left off the score sheet, but he's been anything but silent on that. So he's had a pretty good game. Eberle now off the backhand, a chance for Shorts. He will spin near the right side of the faceoff dot. Shorts still under duress. He's trying to keep this puck, plays it off the backhand. This will go D to D. Vince Dunn sitting in through the blue paint looking for a Stick left opportunity for Aberle, but this is stolen near the left side dot. Here's a chance for Shorts, and he misfired badly as this will be picked back up now. Sent in toward the right side of the faceoff dot as the time continues to dwindle here. And that ESPN marker, two shots in the period, they're just leaving it up there. As this is sent back now here for Seattle. Recollected now. Here's a chance for Bjorkstrand. Great move off the backhand. He gets taken down, but there is no call, and that probably could have been one against Pavelski. Here's Alexiak into the traffic, but it goes off Ottinger, and Alexiak can't hold. you got to be able to do that as this is recollected now. Sent back in, and Dallas has it. Jamie Alexiak, not just because of the pickpocket, but I don't think he's had a particularly sharp game, as this is sent back here for Essel and Dell. And now Joe Pavelski, he gets taken down, but he makes a play as he throws this here for Jamie Benn. And now Philip Grubauer, he can't find it, as this is sent back around Wyatt Johnson, almost kills some time. But Seattle, they're running out of time here to go right to left. Here's Grubauer, he's leaving the goal crease. Dallas has it now. Haskin will flip across the neutral zone. The net is empty, but 245 left to go in this third. And if Dallas scores, it's done. As this is sent in now, Robertson will take a look at it. Seattle just trying to hold that blue line. They can't do it. As this is fired down the ice, it's wide. They are waving off the icing. 
So Seattle's still with us here with 225 left to go in the third. The towels are waving like crazy here, and everybody's standing and screaming at American Airlines Center. This has been an incredible run here for Dallas. They know what they want to do ever since that bubble. This one gets iced with 216 left to go in the third. Yep, this is it, John. The final stretch. The Kraken are really up against it here. The puck has not yet found the empty net, uh, but do not expect to see Grubauer back in there unless there's a face-off in that end. Uh, if they can find a goal, the Seattle Kraken, in the next 60 seconds or so, then you know what? Game on. We may have a, a, a fight to the finish, but the Stars have looked so good. Uh, I think they have a, a, a chokehold on this thing, but we will see just minutes away. What a sight this is at American Airlines Center right now. The Dallas Stars, you know that they're hungry. They have a good team, and their window, again, it's going to be open for a long time. Again, the Dallas media on that side of it, they made sure that they made everybody know. Rope Hintz is signed until 2031. He's only 26, and again, you have the 22, 23-year-olds between Jake Ottinger, Miro Haskin, and, and Jason Robertson. He had a resurgent season for Jamie Benn. As Cooper said, the ageless one and Joe Pavelski, we're getting an extended timeout, but this Dallas team, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. No, absolutely not. Uh, and, and such impressive play. Uh, you know, not the flashiest, right? We're not talking about a, a Vegas uh, Pacific Division winners. We're not talking about uh, even the Rangers who are out of it now with those big moves at the trade deadline. This is just Dallas doing what Dallas does and doing it well. It's that simple. So a false start in off the draw. Again, I'm not used to hearing those words from Bob Wischusen, but that's what he says anyway. So we will do this again. Jumped a little bit early, and we will see if Yanni Gord will take it. Again, it's against the former Red Wing, Luke Glendening. We talk about the face-off prosperities, and Glendening is one of the best at this. So you got to be careful here if you're Seattle. Try to get this off the tie-up now. As this is wrapped in around the horn, they cannot hold the blue line again as Seattle. So... That's just going to continue to salt this time away, and you're going to be more than happy with it if you're Dallas. As you're down to two minutes here, Seattle try to gain the entry, and Ottinger has other ideas. He just saw the puck go around. He's going to hold and get a stoppage with 158. And, John, just a, a quick heads up. This is just a crazy timing of life. I, I think I'll, as long as we don't have too many more stoppages, I'll be able to get to the final horn. Um, I just got a, 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 a text that I may have to jump off the broadcast right at this incredible moment for the Stars and the Kraken, who've had a great run here if it does come to an end. But keep going. Uh, I will let you know if I have to drop off. But uh, either way, we got ourselves a, a big finish here. No, I appreciate you being with me. You pretty much got the whole one in and got the mix of play-by-play, -play, so I'm glad that we can do it. You know, we all have busy lives. And I want to make sure I didn't bother you on that side too much. I just knew we had to get the Game 7 in between Seattle as this is played in now across the red line and flipped in. As now it's in toward the right side face-off dot. Spun back around here for Suter. It's Rope Hints. Be very fitting if he got another one. He's had a great game. He opened the scoring as it's sent back around. Wide Johnston's got the only other as Seattle's up against it right now. They just had an extra man guarding inside of that uh, empty cage because Seattle was kind of struggling with it as this is flipped in. Now picked up here. It's turned over, but Dallas is just going to essentially pass this back in their own end and play keep away. Here's a flipping puck end over end. There's a stick chop. This will be an opportunity now for Seattle with a minute left to go here in this third. A long stretch pass, and this is the time where Seattle's got to do it. 
as this is flipped in now. And toward the D-line side, it's kept in. It bounces off a Seattle stick. Dallas has a chance to ice it. And they shot it wide as it's not iced. Ryan Donato tried to send this the other way, but Dallas all over it. Rope Hintz does a great job eluding a hit. Stays on his feet as he continues to kill time. Down to 35 seconds left to go on this third. Dallas, they want a date with the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're very close to doing so. As this is sent back around for Ottinger now. As the towels continue to wave alongside the victory green braces, we get a stoppage with 25 seconds left as the puck shot out of play. Yeah, and John, listen, I'm going to take the opportunity since we have the stoppage right here. I just want to give Kraken, the Kraken, a ton of credit. Obviously, uh, uh, Seattle born and raised, so this is not biased. Uh, this is a, a really impressive run in the playoffs unless they find something um, astronomical in the next few seconds. Uh, just want to say uh, well done to the Kraken and uh, big congratulations to the Dallas Stars as we close this thing out. Absolutely. It's well-deserved. I'll make sure that I get my thoughts on that as well because I know Cooper's got to be getting out of here. Everybody on their phones, they want to autograph this moment right now in history. This will be an opportunity, I believe, for uh, Everlay to go ahead and take this draw. Again, sometimes he's a winger there, sometimes a centerman, as this is off of a tie-up. And now Bjorkstrand shoveling out front of the net. Nanger made a couple saves holding on to that right post in the butterfly. Yeah, John, so listen, I, I hate to do it as we're just seconds away. This is going to mark the end of the broadcast for me, so I'll let you wrap things up, my friend. But listen, I would never miss a Game 7 like this or, or, or any in the future. So thanks for having me join in. And, and again, congrats to the Stars and, and to the Kraken. Lots of bright things in the future for both franchises. Stars! Seattle! They've got one! A chance for Bjorkstrand with 17 seconds left! Oh, wait a second now. I'm giving my eulogies, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm stepping on your play-by-play -play as Bjorkstrand puts one in. Unbelievable. It's now 2-1. Can the Kraken potentially wave the magic wand and tie this thing with just seconds to go? Unreal, John. What a game. It's a flipping puck, and over end, Yanni Gord settles it down. Bjorkstrand able to walk right in and shoot, and this is going to make this scoreline a heck of a lot more interesting as the net is still empty. Seattle now only down a goal. They have 17.6 seconds to work with. This is fascinating stuff. And apologies, my friend. What a bad time to step on. A big moment. Uh, but you, uh, you beautifully wove it in there. So here we go. Can the Kraken tie this thing with seconds to go? I think the only thing left now for the referees is just to make sure that they have the score clock correct. This is going to be a Game 7, and again, Cooper and I were very happy to bring this one to you. But this is going to be one that we remember for a long time, regardless of who wins. it. This has been so damn entertaining on both sides. Again, we see a flipping puck. Yanni Gord sent it across, and now they cut into the action. So we're down to 12 seconds. Seattle gained the entry. It's flipped in on Ottinger, and it's going to be an offensive zone draw. So Seattle did what they needed to do. They got it in quickly. They'll get a stoppage with 9.2. So this is it, John. It's either it's either this as the final moment or maybe one more, depending on if they can get a clean face-off win and a shot on goal. We will see here. But, boy, again, huge credit to the Kraken for making this thing super super. Couldn't think it would get any more interesting, but they did. They put one in. It's 2-1. Can they tie it? And they are going to make you wait even more so on that side. I think we're going to get a timeout for 
Dave Hextall's squad a little bit of breath even for Peter DeBoers as they're going to keep everybody on pins and needles just a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, listen, I am. you might even be able to hear it. I am literally outside right now. <laughs> but I'm sticking with this thing till the bitter end if possible. Uh, what a night. What a game by Dallas. And, and, you know, boy, number 22 in white, Bjorkstrand, he's been a difference maker uh, once upon a time with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think uh, Kraken fans everywhere are glad that he is now with Seattle. He's been a, a huge performer. And absolutely, I know we will catch up soon anyway, but between the Eastern Conference Final, the Western Conference Final, you name it, Cooper, you let me know when you'll be available, and I'll be there, because I'll be open this week. Yes, sir, no question about it. Uh, and, and, hey, don't even ever use the word bother. It is never a bother. Uh, it is an honor to be able to do this with you, and uh, especially when games are like this. But even when they're blowouts or uh, even the dull ones, man, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Let's see what the Kraken have left in them here. Shot goes wide for Everly, and the time's going to run out. The Dallas Stars are going to the Western Conference Finals. They have a date with the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, my goodness, John. Uh, another classic Game 7. I'm so, so glad that I got to be a part of it with you. Great final call. Uh, and, and, again, I'm just going to repeat myself. Seattle with uh, with an absolutely historic season. Uh, there's more great things in store for them. Uh, but the Dallas Stars deserve all the credit in the world. Huge moment for them, setting up a fantastic matchup against an excellent Vegas Golden Knights team. And as you said earlier, these conference finals matchups are going to be fantastic. I am excited, and I can't wait to call something with you, man. This is going to be great stuff. Yes, it is. Have a good one, man. We will definitely talk soon. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, pal. Thanks for hanging in with me. And, uh, and that's it. The final 2-1. Boy, Dallas takes it uh, again. Seattle. Thumbs up to the Kraken and their fans. And, John, I'll let you close things out. Uh, I'll listen to your post game, and we'll catch up soon to do some more. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, man. So, as it is, and we're going to get in the handshake line, I'm going to stay with you just a little bit longer, as it was your final stats, 28 shots to 23. Dallas, they were right out in front of it. It was a golden opportunity off the draw win. We haven't been able to say that too many times, but Oliver Bjorkstrand at 19.42, just seconds left to go there alongside Yanni Gord, made it a 2-1 game. It was a flipping puck. Yanni Gord settled it down for Bjorkstrand, and they got within one. There just wasn't enough time for Seattle as far as that puck possession. And when we look at it now on the handshake line, you get a chance at Grubauer. Boy, has he been wonderful in this postseason. I mean, everything that you could ask for, when you talk about as good as Seattle is, and again, I mentioned this in the first round, I felt like they might only be able to get a couple game against against the Colorado Avalanche, but everything that Cooper and I talked about, once you won the first round, you could put everything out the window here for the Seattle Kraken and say, hey, look, they can do this just as much as anybody. Philip Grubauer has been a huge part of that. Seattle Kraken and Dave Hextall and company and Ron Francis, the GM, has been a huge part of that. They've been rolling out the four lines. The defense has been excellent, and they've definitely got the damn job done. And when you think about this in the sense of Vegas, I know they're in the conference final now, but they've been going for several all-in pushes. So it remains to be seen of whether or not the Vegas window is going to stay open forever. But Seattle's, it wasn't even supposed to open now. They're going to be good for years and years to come. And for the Dallas Stars, when you talk about that 2017 draft 
in there between Ottinger, Haskinen, and Robertson. That set the foundation. You had a resurgent year for Jamie Benn. You had Joe Pavelski, who continues to be the ageless one. Max Domi was a good trade. Wyatt Johnson, the 20-year-old, has been terrific. They're still going to get Logan Stankoven coming in from Canada's side in for next year. So Dallas is going to be really, really good for a long time. They're going to play the Golden Knights Friday, 8.30 Eastern. Dallas will have home ice advantage. I thought it would go to Vegas, but it must have been uh, split totals on that side. And the Hurricanes and the Panthers. So it definitely ESPN doesn't have their sidelines as far as home ice advantage. It will be the Golden Knights and the Hurricanes to open up on that series. The Golden Knights and Stars Friday at 30 Eastern. Thursday on TNT Game 1 will be the Panthers and the Hurricanes. So glad you guys could join us. Cooper Hopkins and I he kept it right up to the bell. He had stuff he had to do toward the end of it, but we got the full broadcast in. So we'll be back on the ice Thursday and Friday side. But until then, on Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be with you on the hardwood in between the Denver Nuggets and the Lakers tomorrow and then probably the Celtics and the Heat on Wednesday because there won't be any hockey until Thursday. Thursday will likely be a Carolina side in there between the Panthers, whether or not it's Cooper Hopkins or Alvin Nava. We will find that one all the way through. Thank you guys for listening and following along. Your final score, it's 2-1 Dallas Stars. They edge the Seattle crack and the Cinderella run is over. But Seattle's not going anywhere by any stretch of the imagination. You know that they're going to be back. Dallas Stars, they're hungry. They haven't made the Stanley Cup final since 2020 in that bubble. And they're going to want to finish this one off when they last lost to the Lightning. I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace, everybody. Have a good one. I appreciate it. It's been a fun one.